Hello and thank you for listening to episode 91 of 60 Minutes With. I'm Dave, this is the entertainment show for September 2017, which means of course I am joined once again by the man who by his own admission on the last entertainment show has a headset that is covered in poo particles. It's Chris. Hello. 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 Hello, (laughs) shitty headsetted person. Did you know the bad cop? Uh, bad cop show did they use a sample of of what you said on that show how they, did they get that the fart in my mouth yeah yeah they did yes <laughs> i'm fucking brilliant i love that <laughs> yeah and then jerry got in touch with tina for um an excited laugh <laughs> and we Which, wondered why he was doing it yes she can do an excited laugh can't she can. she i'm not telling you what i had to do to her to get that sound out of her because but... <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> <laughs> you must have been tickling her fancy uh, oh dear me <laughs> well I, i'm not um with a pooey headset this this week or this month i should say but i am erect and ready uh to talk about certain things <laughs> <laughs> yes well we we do have um don't we well i think we should have talked about this before we started recording, actually. Um, our We haven't even got a name for it, what we started last episode, have we? Our sort of, our surprise double dip, as it were. Ooh, double dip. Oh, yeah. I like this. Ooh, I bet he likes to double dip. <laughs> well, he definitely does like to double dip. He definitely does. We saw that on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I know it sounds a bit cryptic at the moment, but it will all be you know, unveiled and, and all you know, people understand what the hell we're talking about in yeah. a bit. Yeah. Yeah. If that's not an incentive to listen, carry on listening, then I don't know what is. <laughs> We've got loads of sexual innuendos. That oh, we, we have, talk. yes. <laughs> Chris and Dave double dip later in the show. Oh, double dip. <laughs> Love it. You know, I was watching, because I was uh, going back to the last show, uh, I've been off work today, so I happen to be sort of like flicking around the channels. I was flicking them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this could be like we could carry on with this all fucking night. It's, no, it's like an X-rated carry-on episode. It is. Oh, oh matron. Um, no, I, I was flicking through the channels. I have to emphasise the word flicking again. <laughs> um, and I happened to turn on Challenge TV, and guess what was on? Um, not play cards, right? The other one with fucking Bruce Forsyth. Oh, the one I was talking about with the Dolly Birds and everything. No way. Did Did you uh, have a moment? Uh, the price is right, and I sat and watched it for the the ten minutes that it was left on, and oh my god, the the, the women in it they are literally having their tits are out. They, you know, they, <laughs> it's so good. I mean, that used to be on at like seven o'clock in the evening. Um, oh, it's amazing. So yes, I did stay and watch that, and you know, I was going, oh my god, it's incredible. <laughs> and they were giving away uh, I think one of the games that, that one of the, the contestants had to guess what was more expensive some shitty old car like model or um, a guitar that was had been signed by the, the sort of remaining surviving members of the Who um, oh my god apart, aside from Keith Moon obviously but because uh, yeah. John Whistles passed away now as well but um, yeah and I was like, wow, that was so an amazing prize. So she picked that, and that was, I think that was worth nearly three grand. So, um, that, yeah. But there you go. It's the funny things you see. And then uh, after that, Dale Winton's fucking supermarket oh. sweep came on. <laughs> so I turned that off. <laughs> There's a supermarket near us. We went into it last week. Um, that I think it, you had to spend over £20. And if you did, you filled in, like, you just put you know, like your name and your phone number or something. And they would pick you to do an, um, 
I think it was a 90 second like supermarket dash around mm. the place. But you'd run to the booze section, wouldn't you? Really? That's where all the expensive <laughs> stuff is and just load it up with spirits. Well, I've always watched that show and you th- I mean, it is all, uh, you know, kind of, you'd you love to have a go at doing something like that. But then you think they're so frigging tame doing it. You'd be ripping the shelves off and literally throwing <laughs> everything in, wouldn't you? Like you said, you'd be going to straight the most, you know, expensive items yeah. there. So, um, but yes, it was, uh, anyway, so that was on. Um, Dale Winton, uh, people in America won't have a fucking clue who he is. Yeah. He's, Google he's very, Dale, Win- Dale Winton. Very orange. Oh, he is. He? Oh, yeah. And uh, very camp. <laughs> <laughs> orange and camp. <laughs> what a combination. I, I've got um, uh, I'm not drinking alcohol tonight. I, I do apologise to the dear listener for sounding a bit bungy. Um, I, I'm. I've got a bit of a cold, a bit of man flu. Oh. So, uh, but I have got a nice creamy hot chocolate, which I am swallowing yes. nicely at the That's moment. Frothy. And I, I always swallow it. <laughs> and I do like to gulp it down as well. Nice load. <laughs> well, it's just going <laughs> to... It's yeah. Get ready, people. It's just going to be that all the way through till we get to our double dip, and oh. then you'll know the reason why for all of this innuendo. Yes. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what you think of uh, of that and and the conversation about why I picked it or why it was thrown <laughs> into the mix. Shall we say? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> there might be a few, re- as there always are with these shows. There might be a few revelations. Oh yes. Something always comes out. Mm. Mm. Oh, 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 missus. <laughs> you don't want to do that because that can be quite dangerous if whilst you're in the, you know, the, the throes of passion and it does happen to like just slip out and you obviously, you know, you bash, you bash it against the groin. Bash. bash. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your style? Have you a bashing style, Chris? Oh, you bash it. Oh, there's no, nothing yeah. gentle when you're on the job, is there? Oh, there's bashing and there's ramming and there's <laughs> fucking all sorts. Jackhammering, you know, <laughs> all that sort of good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, I bet you we're probably laughing more now than we will later on after talk. Well, when we talk about it. Yeah, we'll be, anyway, I'm gonna, I'm we'll be spent sh- by then. We don't, we're, yes. <laughs> No, we should keep it tantric so we've we've got something at the end to, yes, yes. you know, Let's, to let's keep a little bit of distance between us and just move slowly on, shall we? Yeah. yeah. Imagine that. Imagine fucking that. Tantric sex. What? It was, yeah. I never, I'd never heard of that until, what's his, um, Sting. not Bono. I was going to say, not Bono, the other mm. twat, Sting. Um, <laughs> he, he's come up with that and his missus. And the, I saw that on a documentary and I was like, they have sex, but they don't touch each other. It's like, yeah. why? What the fucking hell? Yeah. Where's the fucking bashing? That's what you thought. you got to have some bashing. <laughs> oh, my God. I tell you what, our friend who we're talking about later, he likes to have some good fucking bashing, doesn't he? Oh, my he? God. Yeah. Choking, slapping, <laughs> gagging. Yeah. Anything. Anything and everything goes there. He loves it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll leave the listeners there. I'm sure they're sort of, you know... Half turned on by now. Let's not take them all away quite yet. Well, I'm fully turned on. <laughs> you always are. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, your, it's your voice, Dave. Whenever, Is that it? Uh, 
Yes, that's what it is. Um, yeah. I'm always standing to attention when, you know, it's not a lazy lob. Have you ever heard of that term? <laughs> Half cocked. That's it, yes. Yeah. You know. <laughs> we should have the drinking game. I think, well, we'll... I don't know. How, however many minutes in, and if yeah, if people have a shot for every innuendo so far, they, they'll never get to the end of the bloody show by now, would they? I'll never get to fucking half an hour at this rate. <laughs> Jesus, so we were only like five minutes in, are we? Yeah, that's about it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and how are you anyway? I, I, I mean, we do speak, obviously, but uh, this is the, you know, the the opportunity where we do get to chat for a couple of hours. Yeah, you know, yeah, uninterrupted, shall we say? Um, unlike you, my friend, I am not bunged. I am completely bung free. Bung. So, yeah, so that's always good. <laughs> that's always good. Bung, actually, here you go. Cheshire. A Cheshire word. I remember my granddad saying that bung is Cheshire for cheese. Is it? Mm hmm. Apparently. Oh, yeah. That's see, one of the I, things I remember. A bung can be like somebody taking a backhander as well, you know, like uh, that's the yes. other yeah, yeah. Um, term I, you know, in football. There was that, all that scandal, wasn't there, when uh, managers were. A, a, Accused of taking a bung, yeah. you know, a wad of ca wadge of cash. Maybe all they were doing was just, you know, passing a baby bell cheese between them, and it was quite innocent. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a mix-up. Any football clubs in Cheshire, that's what goes on. They just, you know, pass a little bit of cheese. Mm. Oh, I've just typed bung into Google. <laughs> as oh, my do. God. <laughs> uh, it, a bung is a stopper for closing a hole in a container. Oh, yes. were. Back we go to the innuendo. <laughs> <laughs> also known as stopper, plug, cork. Spigot, spoil, seal cap, top lid, cover, or stopple. There you go. Yeah. See? Educational as well. Bung. I love it. <laughs> word, <laughs> word of the month for everybody to try and get into any conversation is now bung. <laughs> or oh, bung. Can, um, you could, it could be like throwing somebody something. Oh, bung it over here, will you? Or something. I guess. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm reaching a bit now. You are Ooh. reaching. Ooh. Around. <laughs> 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 Shall we, as we as as become commonplace, I guess, get the uh, video game talk out of the way first? Yeah, let's fuck yeah. it off that way. Um, now, so yesterday, uh, as we record on the twenty second, so the twenty first of September, um, it is Eurogamer in the UK, and Eurogamer has been going for ten years this year. Uh, wow. So it's celebrating its tenth birthday, and I've been to seven out of those ten. Um, Bloody hell, that's good going. Yearly events, yeah, yeah. I mean, Wayne and I, we, I think it was him who he first told me about it all those years ago. And it used to be at Earl's Court in um, London. So we used to make a pilgrimage up there. We've, we've driven there. We've got the coach up there. Uh, we Or down there, depending on which, where you are. But you know what I mean. Uh, the coach was fun, getting up at four or fucking clock in the morning. Ooh. And, uh, you know, sort of... It, it, uh, we, I think we get there for about nine, ten o'clock. So it was a, that was a long day, and we'd only be there for one day. Usually, we go on a Sunday, um, and so yeah, uh, it's last not last year, maybe the I can't remember. Anyway, it's moved to Birmingham now, which uh, it moved away from um, Earl's Court because mm -hmm. I think they, have they demolished that now? Oh, I'm not sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was always—it's always been adventure, you know what I mean? And and, and it's it's kind of I, I, the way I look at uh, Eurogamer is that it's the it's the biggest, it's the largest um, video game sort of like 
conference stroke expo in this country. There's Gamescom, which is in Germany, and then there's E3, which is in America. And, the, and it's a way of sort of like getting the, 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 the future releases into your hands, getting your chance to try the, the, the new games that are up and coming and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it's kind of become more about meeting people that you've met along the years, you know, and you become friends with on Twitter and, and things like that. And uh, over the four-day period that it will be in Birmingham, um, there will be 75,000 people sort of like passing through the doors. So it's massive. It really is a huge event. They also have an EGX, uh, or it's called EGX, you know, for sure, but it's Eurogamer. Um, uh, Resed, which is like for indie, more sort of like focused on indie uh, games and developers and stuff like that, which they have at Le London Tobacco Docks, and that's like once a year as well. I've never been to that, but uh, that's a slightly smaller affair than this. So yeah, it's it's something I really look forward to every single year. But unfortunately, this year I could only go for one day because of. Um, other things that are going on and all that shit. So, uh, I mean, last year we went for four days, which I think was the mm-hmm. first uh, time I'd done that. And it's a fucking endurance test, <laughs> I have to say. It really is because, you know, it's traveling there and back. And again, it's not too bad because uh, you're in Birmingham. So it's a train ride into Birmingham. Yeah. Uh, but it's the standing around and the, you know, the queuing. And you can queue for up to two hours to play a game for 10 minutes do you know what i mean it's it's kind of a bit like i've always described it as um like a theme park for geeks uh you know and you queue up for two hours for a ride that lasts you know a matter of minutes and uh so i don't really mind because we talk and you know it's there's stuff going on there's loads of cosplayers and you know people dressed up in weird shit and uh you know there's, there's loads of things happening so this year i was particularly excited because the Xbox One X, which is the the, the new powerful mm-hmm. uh, all singing, yeah. all dancing Xbox that comes out in on the seventh of November this year, um, which that they are um, selling as the most powerful console on the market, which it will be based on its technical specs and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but they're saying it's going to promise true 4K gaming. You know, I'm not going to get into the whole debates about checkerboarding uh, 4K and whether it's real 4K and all this kind of bollocks. I mean, PlayStation have got the, the, the PlayStation 4, and then they've got the PlayStation 4 Pro. Now, yeah. I did have a PlayStation 4 Pro, and you've got one as well. I have, yeah. Uh, the only real benefits I saw in that was for VR, if I'm honest with you. I, it just, it, to me, because I've had the, had the PS4 from launch, and I played VR on that for a while. Then when the Pro came out, I got that. And it kind of was a little bit like going from SD to HD with VR. Like it kind of, it almost felt like that was its primary purpose to right. sort of like okay. lend a bit, lend a bit more power to the, the VR side of things. Um, but I, I found it difficult to see um, a, a, like a big difference in, in sort of like 4k gaming. I think you're a little bit different. You have seen some, some impressive stuff, haven't you? I think with some games. Yeah, I have seen a difference. I've got to admit. And again, um, I think that the big difference is having like the big TV. If yes. you've got, you know, if you've got, you've got a whopper. Oh, I've got a big one. I have. <laughs> if, if, uh, yes. Say if you've got like a 40 inch TV or something like that, you probably won't see that much difference. But then as you get bigger and bigger and bigger, um, the difference becomes more more visible on the screen. So yeah, I've, I've seen some stuff that's blown me away. But then again, you know, unlike you, I haven't got a gaming PC. 
to compare it to which you know as a rule the pc is the benchmark isn't it generally speaking yeah yeah, yeah. so um so there is that and so i was excited to see what they got to offer because last year there was very very little um on offer from microsoft they were barely had anything there oh, if i'm perfectly God, honest yeah. so this year because they got nothing to show you know because it, it was all in limbo you know they denounced the Xbox One X as it was called Project Scorpio last year, but they got nothing in terms of games or things to show. This time around, they got quite a big uh, stand, um, so we did a little bit of that. And Nintendo was the other one that I was uh, really looking forward to seeing because the Nintendo Switch came out this year, which I've got, and I think it's a fantastic console. And it just seems to be going from strength to strength. They've had, and from what I thought was initially quite a weak lineup of launch games, to a steady stream of really fantastic games like Splatoon 2 and Mario Kart 8, you know, Breath of the Wild. Uh, and later on this year, there's going to be the new Super Mario game, Super Mario mm. Odyssey, which has won uh, multiple awards at uh, Gamescom and E3 in terms of, like, you know, critics' awards and all that kind of stuff. The game's not even fucking out yet, and it's winning, <laughs> an, winning awards. So that's, that should tell you something. So the hype for that is building really steadily. So... Um, I'll just kind of run through very quickly some of the highlights of not everything because I am I have written a uh, report mm-hmm. as I always do when I go to Eurogamer. Yeah. So um, last year no, this was it, a monster that you put online, wasn't it? Yeah, well, this one won't be as big in terms. I don't, I don't, I'd imagine uh, I haven't you know kind of compared it yet, but it's still three thousand two hundred words. Um, you know th- this year's report, and that's only one fucking day. So <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine what it would have been like if I'd have gone for a, the whole sort of weekend. Oh um, God. But the first game that I played, um, as soon as I, I, I walked in, because I, I went with my friend Wayne, uh, as I always do, and uh, we um, he had a bit more trouble getting in because I got a slightly different pass to him. So I got about five minutes to kill. And I noticed this game in the Xbox area, and it was called Strange Brigade. Now, I'd heard of it, but I, it kind of like not really aware of it, if that makes sense. But when I sat down and played it, um, it clicked, and it, this so this is a new game by Rebellion, and I think it's fair to say that we quite like Rebellion. I mean, they did Sniper Elite Four, mm-hmm. um, and Battle Zone uh, on PSVR, and Zombie Army, Army Trilogy. Um, you know, so they've got a really kind of like they're a British developer, and they've got a good pedigree of of making fun, enjoyable games. Um, and I mean, I loved Snipe, Sniper Elite Four, uh, which came out this year, and there's a review on our website. And uh, so this is kind of a bit more of the mold in the mold of Zombie Army Trilogy, where it's um, up to four players can it's a third person action adventure set in the 1930s. So it's got that kind of like nice B movie feeling about it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, you, and you've got like a, um, a a British soldier and it kind of reminds me a little bit of Alan Quatermain, you know, and oh, okay, uh, yeah. but that, it's got that kind of feel, you know. And uh, you work together, and it's all about getting treasure and and using traps and fighting off enemies. I mean, it kind of pretty much is Zombie Army Trilogy in, like, a different skin. That's the way it looks and feels. But that's not a bad thing, because that was a great game. You know, really just fun kind of co-op game. A bit like Left 4 Dead, but um, third-person action-adventure as opposed to first-person. There's no um, release date yet. That was announced it was announced at E3 earlier on this year. So I've really got my eye on that one now. So that was uh, Strange Brigade. Um, 
what else have we got so i did play super mario odyssey i'm skipping over a few things but you will be able to read them in the review so but super mario odyssey uh was probably the best game i played at this the show <laughs> um yeah so it, i mean we queued for an hour or so to play this and it was really really good it's a 3d mario game um i mean the last mario game i played was on the wii u which i think was super mario land or world 3d or 3d world whatever um which was fantastic uh, but it wasn't like a, a true 3d game if that makes sense even though it's called 3d it kind of it's it was more of the camera's perspective if that makes sense it didn't yeah. feel like super mario 64 or super mario galaxy one or two so and, and since i've seen the trailers for all this you know it, it does look fantastic and I, i'm really pleased to say it plays really well um you know i played like a, a, a desert level and there was a bit in it which kind of took my breath away from honest with you, you kind of you're running around in like a 3d environment and everything and you're doing the usual jump in and you know kind of like platforming all that bollocks but there's a bit where you go through a pipe and it's like you become part of the wall and you become a 2d um like traditional kind of like old school 2d mario and the way that they do it it just looks amazing and graphically it looks fantastic looks superb looks you know absolutely brilliant so this comes out on the 27th of october this year so that's definitely going to be a day one so you know we're, we're talking like five weeks away from now so uh can't wait for that one mm-hmm. um what else do we play uh oh i just quick mention i'm not a massive assassin's creed fan but we did try assassin's creed origins which is the new one which comes out this year on the 27th of October. So um, what was that? The same day as, as Mario. So I know which one I'll be getting. if I had to pick one. <laughs> But um, Assassin's Creed's kind of like, uh, I've, it's up and down. You know, I, I really enjoyed the early ones. And then it's like any game that comes out every year, you get fatigue setting in. Do you know what I mean? And the only thing that really changes are slight refinements to the gameplay and uh, the setting, you know, because the Assassin's Creed games, for anybody who doesn't know, is that, that the whole deal behind them is that they're set in historical, you know, at, at different times of history. So the last one, Syndicate, was set in uh, Victorian London. Um, Unity was set in the 18th century in Paris. Uh, then you got early ones which are set in Jerusalem, you know, in sort of like 1100 and all that kind of stuff. So... This one is set in Egypt, and it's all about in the time of the Romans and everything else. So, But the thing that struck me about it was it felt like The Witcher 3. Um, Ooh, now you, you that's can, interesting. Well, yeah, and you can argue that that's a good and a bad thing because, I mean, we love The Witcher, don't we? Oh, you know, God, it's, yeah. it's an amazing game. But even to the point where you start and you're on a horse, do you know what I mean? So and it, and immediately I'm thinking like Roach and Geralt's, yeah. and then... There's in the middle of the the top middle of the screen is like your little sort of like compass kind of thing. And there's question marks and the question marks appear all all over the place. And that's just lifted to me exactly like off uh, The Witcher. Now, so in in some ways, yes, it'll be if they've taken things from The Witcher, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's a fucking great game. And you can probably imagine because uh, the whole thing about assassin's creed games is that the climbing is is you know and parkour is is a staple of that yeah. game so that'll probably be better than the witcher because the witcher jumping and climbing wasn't brilliant it was okay and the combat will probably be a slightly bit better 
But the thing that, about The Witcher were the stories and the writing and the characters and the choices that you made that you really gave a shit about. I, I'd thought, I'm, I'm skeptical at best, to put it like that, about Assassin, this, you know, Assassin's Creed being able to deliver on that level. So in some ways, it'll probably be a little bit better than The Witcher, but in other ways, I don't think it will be as good. But we'll see. Mm. Um, we'll see. So uh, Far Cry 5 played a bit of that. That um, look that that plays and feels fantastic, just like Far Cry Four, but with obviously an American setting this time around. So yeah. that'd be cool. Um, Elder Scrolls Skyrim on Switch. Uh, got my hands on that mainly because I just wanted to see how it ran, and it, it you know incredibly it, it the bits that we played it runs really well on the Switch. <laughs> uh, it's it's amazing really to think that they've put this game on the Switch, you know, and and because it couldn't even run properly on a fucking PS3, you know, and yeah, so exactly. Um, and this so this comes out on the seventeenth of November, and yeah, I I am intrigued by Skyrim, but. It scares and intimidates me the thought of of playing it for over oh, two hundred hours. Do you know what I mean? I know you've been playing it on the PS4, haven't you? And yeah, I think I've put about eighty odd hours into it up to now. Really enjoying it. Oh, um, I love it. But the thought of actually taking it away with me and and playing it that's, on the go—that's the good thing, isn't it? That you know, if if you're off out and about anywhere, you can just take it with you. That yeah, that just it feels like a totally different proposition to me now. And the thing is with the Switch as well is you know I love having Nintendo games. Bethesda who were um, who've developed and uh, published Skyrim? They've also announced the 2016 version of Doom and Wolfenstein 2 are going to be out on the Switch, which is, to be honest, amazing. You know, to think oh, that those yeah. games are going to be on it. Um, so Bethesda seem to be really pushing the Switch, which is I'm really pleased about. A you know, few just... are only the third party support for it already seems to me. Uh, who didn't have a Wii U and hasn't got a Switch, it seems much, much better than the Wii U. So if you're getting yeah. these, this third-party support, that's like the key to it, isn't it, really? Definitely, which is why the Wii U... I mean, you, you were on Game Burst recently, and I heard you talking about it, and it just it seems to be that that's the success of the, the Switch mm. now. is. And like I was talking to a few people at um, Eurogamer, and they were saying that... You know, it's no real. It's no real surprise that they're supporting the Switch because it's the second best selling. It's the best selling console for the second month in a row in America. You know, and so, you know, they're going to support it, aren't they? So, um, so yeah, that's 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 really cool. Um, and then we played a few indie games, which I have to. I want to mention uh, a game called Hunt Down. I said that right the first time. Hunt down, not, <laughs> not with a silent C. Um, and I, again, I have to credit Wayne for this one because um, there's a, an app you can download which has all the sort of like games that are available you can play. And it's like you can do a little checklist, you know, you can tick the ones that, you know, and highlight the ones you want to play so and tick them off as you do it. And and he told me about this and I said, I've never heard of it. It's got a stupid name. And I still think the name's it hasn't it's it clicked with me now but i had to ask him what's that game called again what's and I, you know he told me the name and then five seconds later I was, what's it called again <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of a stupid name but still um and he showed me the video i was like wow that looks awesome and so this is by um a i think they're a swedish developer just bear with me one second um called um easy trigger games and it's only a small team i think there's about five or six people working on it and if you played um robocop versus terminator or 
ter- the, the Terminator game on the Mega Drive, yeah. um, you know, RoboCop, you know, in the arcade. It feels like those, but it's also got amazing music and it a lot a kind of almost futuristic kind of Blade Runner type setting. But it's also got like kind of uh, different things that remind me of the Warriors as well. Ooh. Um, so definitely, I mean, when you put the the, the sort of write up I've done on the site, you, you'll be able to see for yourself because you play these like it's two player local cop. You play as two bounty hunters, and you, you know it's a side scrolling kind of like shooter and bit of platforming in it, and you have to like uh, go through waves of of enemies to to get the the main bad guy and everything and, and capture him. There's loads of different factions of of enemies. Um, it's really fucking cool. It was a it's really fun game. <laughs> we were playing it on the Switch. It's coming out on um, pretty much everything: PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and Steam um, on PC. Really good. And, and I was just it's coming out later on this year. I was talking to the PR girl and a uh, woman. Sorry, that sounds really condescending. Uh, and yeah, uh, I'd have done her definitely. And uh, <laughs> and so anyway, I gave her a card as well. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I gave her a sixty minutes with card because you know. Um, was she impressed? <laughs> I, I think she put it. Yeah, you know, she put, especially when Where she, did put, she it, put it. Come on, down a you know a cleavage. I thought, <laughs> I'm in here. <laughs> I wish in my head, um, but no, it's it's really good. Hunt down, uh, all one word, and so like I said, I've done a little write up for them. So really nice surprise. Um, Mantis Burn Racing. Um, Ooh, yeah. uh, Good friends at Vufu Studios. So you've just written uh, a very lovely review of the DLC, which mm, uh, is just DLC. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I have to say, I'm still to stink, sink my teeth into um, Mantis Burn Racing. Ooh, I do own, treat, mate. I own it on the Xbox and the PlayStation, so I'm looking forward to, to sort of like playing that. But I don't know whether I'm going to wait now because the big announcement just before it, uh, EGX kicked off was that it's coming to the Switch. Wow, um, that's good. And, and although I didn't play it, I'd got to see somebody playing it. I have to say it looks fantastic playing it in that handheld mode. Mm-hmm. And again, just being able to take that game away with you and being able to play it anywhere oh, on the floor. Yeah, you know? yeah. So it's uh, that's great news. So that looking is really, that that. Is really good. Is it? And as well... Um... Some of the guys from Vufu, uh, we we have just a peek behind the curtain. Um, been set up an interview show with them, haven't we? For me and you to have a chat with them, and for different we- reasons, we've had to put it back. But it, that is a future interview show that we'll, we'll be doing is chatting to the guys at Vufu because they've done some great games as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, like Pure Pool, when oh, we yeah. always bang the drum for that, don't we? I mean, yeah, that's we do. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I love uh, watching your balls getting sunk into the into the pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Love juggling with your balls. That's it. It's amazing. Um, and and I think I'll I'll one more game which has been in development for four years. It's an indie game, and incredibly, it's got two people making it. And I think if we could get in touch with these, uh, it'd be a nice interview show. Mm-hmm. Um, a husband and wife team, Nick and Anna Making, and their company is called Making Games. Uh, <laughs> nice. It's got a nice, uh, nice name, and this game is called Raging Justice, and it's a take on. And they've openly admitted; they say it on their website that uh, it's that you know a, a love letter to games like Double Dragon, um, Streets of Rage, Final Fight. You know, it's a two D beat 'em up, and it's the thing to to think that you know 
two people have essentially made this. I mean, one person, I suppose, because I think reading the um, website is that Nick uh, has worked for Rare for a decade. You know, he worked on games like Perfect Dark Zero, um, Cameo, Elements of Power, um, the the Xbox avatars, because, you know, Rare did a lot of that shit as well, didn't they? Mm -hmm. Um, And so this is their first game that they've kind of... I mean, he still works as a programmer, um, but I think his wife handles the sort of, like, more pr kind of like side of things so essentially i think it's been made by one person then you've got they've got some freelance people making the music and stuff like that um but listed on the website there's four people and i think he's the only person that's really making this it looks amazing i have to say the the graphics are superb it looks like uh the characters are they're all digitized but the, and so it kind of looks a bit like the the characters are from mortal Kombat or you know like pit fighter that kind of thing yeah. but pit, pit fighter was shit so but you know th- these actually look really nice um and it's coming out on xbox and uh, pc there's no date yet but it's absolutely fantastic you know and, and it would be nice to um, have a chat with these i didn't get ch- a, a chance to have a chat with them uh, this year but i did speak to them two years ago and um whilst we were like on site and stuff uh and that was the first time i played it like two years ago so although it's been in development for a long time i think you know it's a, it's a real kind of like passion project for them you know and you you want them to have all the success because you know it's only a very small amount of people that have done yeah, it you know yeah definitely and they're doing it because they love it you know they're not doing it for you know um I don't know. It it just it it. I just want them to succeed, and I think there's other people out there that you know, kind of. Uh, it'd be really lovely to to do that. So we may I get in touch with, touch with them and see if they want to yeah, have a chat good. about the game mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah. So, there you go. So that's it in terms of games. Um, I, I have been playing little bits here, uh, but I just that was that was really all I wanted to do was just give you people a little bit of a roundup of. Eurogamer of my highlights. There are some other things that which I haven't mentioned, but you can check them out on the uh, website pro- probably this weekend. Uh, which again, if you're listening in like a month's time, we'll meet for call. But um, yeah, just go to the website. Just go to the fucking yeah, website. There's always stuff it, there to read. It's amazing. Yeah, there's loads of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I'm disappointed because I've finished my creamy hot chocolate. Oh, and all the all the are left a little dregs oh you can you could have to suck harder to get the last bit to swallow aren't you it's gone cold though that's the thing <laughs> see if they're warm you don't mind swallowing but it, it when it's cold and slimy it's not good you don't like that now no. no it just gets stuck in my throat i might <laughs> i might gag <laughs> <laughs> oh dear oh. <laughs> um yeah as you mentioned mate um Thanks to the good folks at Fufu Studios, they sent me a code for the Battle Cars DLC for Mantis Burn Racing on the PS4. I had a good play of that. I put a review up, which, again, is on the website, like Chris said. Um, yeah, totally changes the way that the game plays from power sliding around corners. And, I mean, you still upgrade your cars. You've got you know, three new cars that you get. Uh, but you've got these forward firing machine guns you can drop mines but the way that it implements it you don't get the machine guns um until you pass a checkpoint partway through the race you don't get the mines until you've done one lap and it yeah it's it goes from instead of just throttle down trying to control your car tactics come in should if you go off 
first and take first place people behind you with the machine guns are just going to blow you up do you wait behind and try and blow them up but if you don't you can be too far behind and not catch up mm. um it can get frustrating and i put this in the review you know the, the balance of it um but overall and for the price it's like one pound 99 come on and you get a whole new load of um, single player um and multiplayer um career mode you get the three new cars you get you know the whole new way of playing you get different three new game modes it's it's a bargain at 199 you can't turn yeah. it down if you've got mantis burn racing spend 199 and buy it it's no brainer definitely Definitely, I think as well. The I'll have to check their their website, but um, with Mantis Burn Racing that comes out on Switch, it's going to have all the DLC that's available, Ooh, so all the extra tracks and everything else. So I, I'm not sure if that will be included, but you'd imagine it will. If it's uh, there's a you know the so-called definitive edition, mm. do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's so, a definite buy that one. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, and like you mentioned, I was on I was on Game Burst. I was on Game Burst twice. <gasps> I know. I was on I was on the news show where I got I did get a bit starstruck to be honest. <laughs> you were a little bit quiet on that. I, mean, I was uh... really quiet on that one. It's like, oh my god, it's San and it's Neil and it's Chris and it's Jerome. And uh, I think I was sort of the same a little bit. You know, when we first met, um yeah. When you first talk to somebody, you've been listening to somebody in a podcast for so long, and you just—it's—it's it's just in habit that it's so passive that you hear this person's voice and you can't respond to them. So when you're talking to them for the first time, you don't sort of realise that you can. I know it sounds a bit daft, but that's how I was because Game Burst was the very first podcast I ever listened to. Wow. I think it was 2010, if I remember rightly, is when I first listened to them. Mm. Um, so yeah, that would. So yeah, I was on the new show and was really, really quiet to be honest. Um, and then I was on but, the on the replay show, which was all about Wolfenstein: The New Order, which I finished. Yeah, yeah. I haven't uh, listened to that one yet, but I, you can imagine my surprise and shock when I was because I was driving to Yorkshire for a walk, <laughs> and uh, as you do, um, <laughs> and so I listened to it in the morning at five in the fucking morning. But that's another story. And uh, look, Dave's on Game Burst. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I got to meet Zan as well last week. Um, he was up here in North Wales. And where he was staying was in a really good place that I could meet him after I finished work. So we just met up for a couple of hours and had a couple of pints and a chat. So that was nice. Cool. He's a nice guy, isn't he? Yeah, he's really nice. He's a really nice guy. Yeah. Yeah, and then got to record with him. So, yeah, if you want to know about Wolfenstein, the new order, go and listen to the latest Game Burst show. Fantastic. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's it for video games. Um, I'm balls deep into everybody's golf on the PS4, but Ooh. I'm going to hold back talking about it until, um, well, usually I like to I talk about it when I've completed it, but this is such a huge fucking game. I'll probably talk about it in next month's show. But for now, let yeah. me just say it is amazing. I love it. Yeah, it's really, really good. Cool. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's it for video game stuff, I think. Yeah, well, yeah. we've done quite a lot of it. We have, actually. Yeah, so. yeah we have. And, and uh, new, new stuff as well, so it's not just stuff that we've been playing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there you go. Um, TV stuff, I've got nothing. I will tease that me and Tina are on season two of a show. It's been going a while. I think it's on season seven or eight at the moment. Um, and we are absolutely loving it. It's one of those shows. It's only on for 21 minutes. 
per episode because they've you know edited out the adverts it's on amazon and oh my god the the episode we watched today we were laughing out loud so much so really? yeah and I'm, I'm gonna wait until we finished all the seasons which will probably be a couple of months maybe and then i'll talk about it hopefully this quality will continue and there won't be you know a dip but up to halfway through season two it is so fucking good mate it is really funny ah. <laughs> and one of those like i said one of those programs at 20 minutes you can just dip in and out whenever you want it's really good fantastic so, yeah. i'll just mention one very quickly because i'm going to re- be writing a review of it uh, shortly because we mm. finished season one uh, um of it so we, very kindly i'm trying to think who sent it to us now i've got the uh, acorn media international um yes. sent us uh, the windsors um, which uh, is a comedy starring Harry Enfield, amongst others, uh, which was first shown on Channel 4, if I remember rightly. Um, am I right? Yes, it was Channel 4. Now, I never watched it at the time, but I saw it advertised. And basically, yeah. it's, a, it's a bit of a piss take of the royal family <laughs> in uh, the UK. Have you watched it? Or... Yeah, me and Tina watched them when they were on. Yeah. Oh, did What do you think? Did you like it? We both loved it, yeah. Because yeah. Our, our views of the royal family are not that positive to be honest so yeah. we like anything that takes the piss out of them so yeah we we thought it was really good well it's kind of i mean it, essentially what it boils down to is it, it's kind of like uh you know a, a, a soap soap opera style kind of uh, reimagining of the lives of the the british royal family so you've got harry enfield who i love harry enfield i could watch him in anything really i've, I've watched harry enfield since i was a kid really mm-hmm. you know when he, he used to be loads of money oh, God, on yeah. <laughs> um, oh what was that comedy show was it Saturday, friday night live or something like was, that yeah Ben Elton used to host it, didn't yeah. he? And then, you know, it was all the kind of like up and coming comics. And you got, you know, like Rick Mayall and Aid Edmondson yeah, on the. The Dangerous stuff. Brothers. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, um, and he was on that as, I mean, God, I haven't thought about loads of money you know, for fucking ages. And we used to sort of do that in school, loud <laughs> and money, you know, and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then, obviously, when he uh, did his, uh, the Harry Enfield show on on BBC One, which I loved, you know, I used to watch that when I was a kid as well. So, but it, it, I haven't really seen him in, in anything um, recent, shall we say. Um, I have to say, he looks so much like his dad as well. You know, it's unbelievable. It's uncanny. <laughs> uh, he looks like his dad, particularly as he's getting older. But, um, so yeah, he plays P- Prince Charles and then you've got uh, a host of other actors, most of which I've, I have to say, I've never seen it in other things before. Um, and you've got um, Camilla Parker Bowles is played by Hayden Gwynn, which I have to say, she steals the show for me. I think she's so fucking funny. <laughs> she's like funny. the evil queen, isn't she? <laughs> oh, it's so funny. And uh, yeah, and, and then, uh, you know, so it, it's all about, the, you know, like I said, it's, it's a an over-the-top piss take of the royal family, you know, and... Um, but it is good. It is very funny. So I'm looking forward to writing my review. But I like like you, I like to watch things. Uh, I could write a review now, if that makes sense, having seen the first series. But I want to watch the Christmas special and I want to watch the second series yeah, you know, yeah. before I can actually do it properly. Um, Morgana or Mo, uh, Mo, yeah, that's probably it. Morgana Robinson, uh, who plays Pippa Middleton, is funny as well uh and again they just play on all the traits of the you know so it, her it's all about her ass and she's a scheming <laughs> bastard you know and she wants to you know uh usurp her uh kate you know who's who they portray as a gypsy 
because uh, you know she's not royal blood and everything. So uh, it's it is very funny. It's one of these things that I watched. I started watching it with Kay because you know it's twenty five minutes long, like you yeah. said. They where they cut out the adverts and shit. Um, and there's six episodes in a the in a series, and I wasn't sure how she take it. And she said, and I think she sums it up quite well. To be fair, she said it's shit but it's funny shit and and because it is like kind of so over the top do you know what i mean oh it is yeah uh, it just it kind of reminds me of like a real life spitting image um yeah, you know, yeah that's a good way of putting it yeah do you know what i mean and people who well, again from from uh, out of the uk probably wouldn't have heard of spitting image but it was a really popular show in the 80s again i used to watch as a kid on sunday night at 10 o'clock and uh, again it was all puppets and it was like kind of like you know puppets who looked like um uh these sort of politicians weren't they and of, actors of the yeah. day yeah yeah you know and and uh, it was like a sketch show and a piss take you know and uh i used to love that uh, I think they tried to bring it back at, the, at one point, didn't they? Yeah, but I don't think, think it ever. Did, yeah. Don't think it worked as well, or it had had its day. But it just because it, it was so kind of satirical, you know, it kind of reminded you of, uh, um, you know, like have I got news for you as it is today? I guess you know because they take the piss out of things that happened. So if you watched it now, you might not understand some of it because a lot of the politicians are either dead or you know you wouldn't know. But it was like I always remember. Um, John Major, and he was always, dis, you know, sort of portrayed as this grey, bland, <laughs> boring character, wasn't he? You know, Roger Moore with his eyebrows, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, it was a, it's a, a show from my childhood that uh, <laughs> seems to be this. They're doing this podcast that makes me think about things that from my childhood. Like I said, like play your cards right, and um, <laughs> the fond memories of play your cards right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> Take a few but quiet yeah, re- minutes with it. <laughs> <laughs> Review on the website soon of um, oh, The Witnesses. Yeah. Enjoyed it, though. Very yeah. much enjoyed it. That's TV, then, I think, isn't it? I think that's TV, yeah. Yeah, yeah, quite on TV. Which will take us to movies, then. Yes. Mm. You, you go... I'll be honest with you. I've only got one film. Um, Have you? I've because, got a few. I've got a few. Because I've got, I've got a couple of things. Like obviously the things that we're going to talk about after you know for our feature. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's been a bit quiet for films. I have to say, I've uh, I've just not found the the time to to uh, watch as much stuff as I would normally, mm. which is a shame. But um, I do have a cracker to mention. Oh, so. good. Ooh, okay. But you you go first. Anyway. Right. I'll start off. I've got two documentaries, mate. I'll get them out of the way first. Um, the first one is called Mission Control, The Unsung Heroes of Apollo. Uh, it's a documentary all about the men that worked um, behind the scenes of all the Apollo missions, you know, in the control room. So if, if most people, I'm guessing, have seen like the likes of um, Apollo 13, yeah. uh, The Right Stuff, which is like, if you haven't seen The Right Stuff, watch that, it's amazing. But this is so good because there's been so many films that have focused, and documentaries, to be honest, that have focused on the astronauts themselves and not the people who were in the control room. This, if you've got any interest, uh, it's on Amazon Prime is where I watched it. Mm. If you've got any interest in like those Apollo missions, and me and Tina, um, I mean, we grew up... We were watching those, and like we said in, in the show a few weeks ago that we did, you know, when we went to America and we went to the Kennedy Space Center, and that just gave us goosebumps. Seeing this just brought back so many memories again. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing, you know, anybody that listens to us that sort of, you know, 
at the risk of sounding condescended if you know if you're like your 20s or 30s maybe and, you, and you've not really got that background of growing up with it it might not mean as much to you um maybe it does if you've got a big interest in space travel and so on i don't know but if you have this is a definite watch that you've got to watch because the interviews with the guys and let's get it right they're getting on a bit now <laughs> you know what i mean uh, the stories they tell which really complements the stories that you knew from films like the right stuff and apollo 13 etc mm. what they did which goes even deeper into that background stuff the stuff that went on at mission control you know the hours that they had to work um the work that they had to do the love of the job that they did it, it just flows through the screen it is really really good and a definite recommendation if you've got any sort of interest in that era of space travel it's very yeah. very good i think I, like you i loved kennedy space uh center mm. um it was uh yeah just absolutely fantastic just kind of awe-inspiring really oh, you know God, yeah. A, Goosebumps, uh, yeah and they had some good i don't know if you had a chance to watch but <coughs> excuse me the uh, the big imax cinemas they got there you know and i think there was um documentary uh, uh narrated by tom hanks uh, obviously because he was linked to apollo yeah, 13 yeah. um you know and just walking around the like i think it was this sort of memorial of as well of the the astronauts that lost their lives you know uh i'll definitely have to check this one out um just funnily enough as i've uh, clicked onto imdb to have a quick look at it the um excuse me for my snotty nose the um <laughs> The first user review that pops up is a one star. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you have to take it with a pinch of salt because he says they were part of a lie. Oh, this my God. Is, this is just another propaganda release trying to reaffirm the lie that we went to the moon. <laughs> the Earth nothing, is flat. <laughs> nothing alive can pass through the Van Allen belt. That's a fact that NASA just won't address. All the pictures today of the Earth from space that shows it entire, entirely, entire. Oh fuck me, I can't say it. Is CG. <laughs> if you study the issues at all, you will see it's the exact same picture with a few touch-ups. They could easily prove the moon landings by showing us the rover and other equipment supposedly left behind, but in 60 years have not done so. Why? Because they can't. <laughs> and that's by uh, Hubcap. 83293 who who's from Canada apparently well done hubcap <laughs> yes. <you> knobhead you <laughs> know yeah you might be right, treat though who knows maybe he is oh, right. yeah. Yeah. actually yeah, yeah. just looking to see what else he's reviewed uh, uh, something called no men beyond this point uh, and that's one star as well oh, he's not happy oh, with that he doesn't like anything does he or this she. is a this is a feminist utopia <laughs> what an angry twat and then another film or documentary uh in 2007 called dark matter oh yeah give us one three though uh, very much an indie film but the the ending was a complete cop-out so well done hubcap yeah they must have showed a picture of the earth at the end <laughs> <laughs> from space yeah <laughs> damn that cg earth oh yeah Mm, very good though yeah yeah i'm sure you like that one mate so give that one a look um the other documentary i've got is called i think this one's on netflix where i watched it it's called the battered bastards of baseball oh um, made in 20 great title oh it's a cracking title um i will 
say before I go any further, you don't have to have any interest in baseball whatsoever to watch this. Okay. I have, which is why I watched it. But upon watching it, you really don't. If if you just like a good documentary, if if you like movies, if you like Kurt Russell, Ooh, yeah. watch this. Who doesn't? Who? Yeah, come on. If you don't like Kurt Russell, you probably think man hasn't landed on the moon. <laughs> yeah, or you or you're gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, it's quite bad. I've been listening to Bad Cop, Bad Cop today. Oh, that, yeah. I've, I've got a slightly, uh, you know, my I've, yeah. I've, uh, naughty streak in me. This, this is like a side effect. If you do listen to the Bad Cop, Bad Cop show, um, you'd sort of spontaneously come out with stuff like that. Offensive comments. It's yes. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Kurt Russell, uh, yeah, I mean, I say, who doesn't love Kurt Russell? Oh, God, yeah, he is. Um, he's, he's been a movie hero of mine for quite a while. Mm. Uh, it's a true story. Um, in 1973, Kurt Russell's dad, Bing Russell, oh. yeah, who I didn't know, um, played a character in Bonanza, which I remember watching with my dad many years ago, a Western series. Oh, yeah, I remember watching Bonanza mm. myself. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah, that's the fleet tune, yeah. <laughs> 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 it was, uh, oh, God, it was in Bonanza. There was, um, it was, was it Hoss. Uh, oh, yeah, that sounds it? familiar. Because there was, there was always Bonanza and the High Chaparral that I used to watch. They were the two Western ones. Lauren Green, Michael Landon. Oh, there you go. I think I preferred the High Chaparral, though, to be honest. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was Ben Cartwright, who was Lawn Green. He was in 430 episodes. Fucking hell. And then Michael Landon was uh, Joe, little Joe Cartwright. Uh, Dan Blocker was Eric Hoss Cartwright. The Hoss. Hoss. Yeah. Mm. God, that ran from 1959 to 1973. Bloody hell. I didn't think it ran that long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember why I'd have watched that. It probably would have been on... It'd be repeats, oh. wouldn't it? Yeah, it would have been on um, uh, my nan, probably when he watched it or something like that. Yeah. Um, I think it was on ITV. Yeah, there was, uh, looking at this, there was an, an Asian character, uh, interestingly enough. Um, have a guess what his name was. Uh, Gupta. Gu- no, 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 no. You look at the wrong part of Asia. You're oh. looking at the, or okay. Chinese. Oh, more Chinese. Um, one Hung Lo. <laughs> uh, his name was Hopsing. Hopsing, oh, which okay. is uh, yeah, I don't know, yeah, but uh, yeah, there you go. That's something I just thought was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Hopsing. Hopsing. Yeah. Um, what was I? Bing. Yes, Bing. He cre- he created the only independent baseball team in America uh, at the time, which was the Portland Mavericks, mm-hmm. and they were literally made up of the dregs of people that he could get ex-professional baseball players that were like 40 ones that couldn't make it into major league baseball because they'd probably even like either got a prison sentence or they were coked off the heads you know what i mean they were literally a bunch of mavericks um and it's like um the um, major league yeah all that um Oh God! What was that? Burt Reynolds film, uh, Me Machine. Mm, so when, yeah. he, when he's in prison, American footballers, yeah. and they're all like bad boys against oh, the guards, yeah, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's like it's like that. Um, 
I don't want to give too much away about this because I went into it knowing nothing, nothing at all about it. And again, I think that's the best way to go into it. I didn't even know like Kurt Russell was in it. I just thought I, I saw the title and thought, oh, baseball. You know, I love American sports. I'll watch that. But the way that it played out, like I said, you don't need to know anything about baseball. I have the interest in it. Um, and again, it's it's one of those examples of a documentary telling a, a true story that if it was put into a fictional film, you'd watch it and go, oh, that's a bit far-fetched. That had never happened. But it did happen. And the way that everything unfolds, the stuff that happens to this team while they exist, the way that it was put together, the way that Major League Baseball looked at them and got scared of them, really, because of what happened, is absolutely incredible. Um, and again, of course, adding to that, you, you know, the mix of, you know, Kurt Russell appears on screen. You get, you get um, like, talking heads of the players now. You get loads of video of them back in the early 70s, which is, incre again, including Kurt Russell, um, who, who went out to bat for them as well. It is really, really good. Don't be put off by the title. If you think, oh, I don't like American sports, I don't like baseball. Um, I'll say one more time, if you like if you like movies, you like documentaries and you like Kurt Russell, it's a definite watch. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, Are they brothers, the directors? Are they look it anyway on the pictures I'm looking at on IMDb? Uh, Chapman Way and, and McLean Way. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, they look like they look very similar to each other anyway. Yeah. Because, um, um, yeah, Kurt Russell was going to be a professional baseball player, yeah. but he got injured, didn't he? Yeah. So, um, but baseball's loss is our gain. It is, yeah. Snake Pliskin. Oh. Jack Burton. Oh. <laughs> Elvis. Yes. <laughs> oh, you can't go wrong with him, can you? No. Yeah, so they're, they're the two documentaries. Um, both of them, obviously, recommended. I've got... I'm just looking at my list now. I've got six movies. So, do, do you want me to make a little bit of inroads into them first? And... Do, do three, and okay. then I'll do one, and then you can do three. Okay, I'll do three. Um, the first one, Jawbone from 2017 from this year. Oh, that's on Netflix. I've, I've earmarked that on Ooh, my list. So you should, mate. Written by yeah. Johnny Harris uh, and starring Johnny Harris as boxer Jimmy McCabe. Uh, he's a former youth um, boxing champion. Hits rock bottom alcohol being the main reason why he hits rock bottom um and then he returns to the boxing club that he went to when he was a kid to try and build himself up he tries to kick the booze um he tries to he's make some money he's trying it's, you know, it's a redemption story basically yeah. you know he's yeah. trying to get back um get some normality back to his life he hit rock bottom he's trying to build himself up absolutely stunning performance from johnny harris it really is which is oscar worthy but unfortunately will just get completely ignored yeah which which is a bloody crying shame um very gritty it's got ian mcshane and ray winston in it um ray winston is ray winston he's, is ray, he's winston. ray winston he's, yeah yeah, yeah. i know ray what you mean winston. you know what i mean you always get some of that kind of Cant business going on, don't you? He's <laughs> the, the fucking daddy. I'm the daddy now. Yeah. He is, yeah. He's he's the he owns the boxing club, um, but he's 
he pulls it back a bit from what he normally does. He wasn't. Because sometimes for me, I don't know about you, mate, he does get a bit annoying because he's Ray Winston being Ray Winston. Yeah. Even when he does American films, he's still Ray Winston, isn't he? You know, when he was in The Departed, he's still Ray Winston. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He, does, he tries to put an American accent on. He's still Ray Winston. Yeah. Uh, good actor, you know, but oh, like yeah. you said, he's he's kind of a bit typecast and caricature, yes. you know. Yeah, he is. Um, Michael Smiley's it, in it. As oh, the, I like, yeah, he's I like really him. good. He plays sort of the sympathetic trainer, Eddie, that that takes um, Jimmy on, under his wing. They sort of bank heads a little bit at the start. They've got some friction going on because Eddie knows that, you know, um, Jimmy threw it all away for, for alcohol and so on. But, yeah, he comes around. Um, again, like most of these things, we don't want to give too much away. Um, the enjoyment is 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 watching it and, and let it all in, un, unfold in front of you. Yeah. If if you like sort of gritty dramas, um, and again, it, there's sort of yeah, the boxing in it is really good. The boxing in it is pretty bloody brutal at times as well. But that's not the main reason for watching it. it is it is a tale of somebody who's hit rock bottom and wants to build themselves back up and again just for the performance of johnny harris in this is well worth watching it's really really yeah. good yeah i've i've uh, and i noticed that um you'd watch that because i think tina said something about it on twitter mm. and uh, all the reviews i've read of it uh, you know say it's fantastic so i was really pleased to see that it was on netflix actually because uh that just get like you know that, that's my main sort of like inroads into watching movies yeah. these days yeah. so um yeah, can't wait to watch that one. Is Ian McShane a gangster by any chance? Is he sort of like does he play a gangstery yeah, type? Could well be, yeah. Shady, shady character. A little bit shady. Yeah, a little yeah. bit shady. I think we've said it before. You know, there's there's nothing like sports films when they're done well, or you know, boxing yeah, yeah. films to sort of like evoke that drama and that sense of like yeah, redemption. That's the thing. You know, it's like Rocky, isn't it? You know, you you, you can't beat it at all. You know, yeah. well, it's like Rocky. Rocky isn't a boxing movie, is it? It's a love story. Jawbone yes. isn't a boxing movie, and it's this redemption story. Yeah. Oh, lovely. And mm-hmm. I do like Michael Smiley's in uh, one of the strangest and and kind of most chilling uh, British horror films I'd seen in a long time. Kill List. Have you seen that? Oh, I have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very sort of like uh, unusual. It Not, is very it took strange. a twist. <laughs> which I wasn't quite expecting, but mm-hmm. I kind of, yeah. Um, but no, I've, I've seen him. The first thing I ever saw him in was uh, a TV show that I used to watch uh, called Spaced, um, which was used to be on Channel 4, Edgar Wright. Uh, first time I ever got introduced to him, and I've been a fan of his ever since, you know, and, uh, oh, God, what's the Simon Pegg and all them kind of people. And, mm-hmm. and he played a small character in it, but it's I've always kind of, like, since, like, followed him with, with what he's been in, you know, he does a lot of British. He's one of those think, people that when you see him in something, you'll think he's like one of, you know, like a, a character actor um, that you know you you sort of uh, you see him in a lot of British films, don't you? Yeah, he's very good. Oh, he's, oh, really, nice he's really good. He's really good in this too. Cool. Um, the next one is a film from two thousand and seven. One I, one I'd never seen before, and Tina recommended it to me because she'd seen it but wanted to rewatch it, and it's called Time Crimes, Spanish movie. <laughs> Ah, yes, yes, I've seen this. It's yeah. good. Oh, have you seen it? Oh, my God, this was great. Um, subtitled, of course, because it's Spanish. Um, basically, it's a, a guy gets into, accidentally, believe it or not, gets into a time machine, travels back in time about an hour, a couple of hours. Um, but because he goes back in time, he then sees him 
from that time. So there's now two versions of him. Um, but because of the series of events that happened before him getting into the time machine, which involves an accident and him meeting a woman and some other things that I won't go too much into, he sees these unfold before him and this other self go into the time machine because that's what happens and he does the same. So then there's three versions of him. And the way that it plays out of him trying to piece together exactly what happened and him trying to stop it being in this like ever-ending loop, never-ending loop, um, some more and more versions of him appear, is so good. And it's one of those that's well worth repeat viewing because once you know what's going on, you want to go back to the start and sort of picking out little details that you may have missed before yeah. with what was going on. Oh, and it was like, oh, it's really, I mean, I love time travel films anyway. And, but the thing is with them, most people sort of nitpick them. Well, if this happened and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Uh, keep that to one side. I mean, the, the writer and director, I'm going to try and pronounce this, Nacho Vigalondo. That's a, I'll give you that one. Yeah, yeah give me that. I'm sure it's pronounced yeah. differently, but that's as close as I'm going to get anyway. Uh, he does a really good job of sort of trying to keep things together because it could easily just completely get out of hand. Um, I was gripped with it, mate, all the way through. I was like, what the fuck's going to happen next? Because little things just keep happening. Every time he gets into this time machine, goes back an hour. And because he, he's got that knowledge of what happened before, it's like, yeah, it, it sort of screws with your mind a little bit, but it is really, really good. Yeah, and I can't believe it. Like, it. It's passed me by for 10 years. It's, yeah, it's, I'm glad that you've watched it. I've, a friend of mine at work recommended it to me. And um, I remember watching it one Saturday afternoons before the kids were here and everything. And uh, I watched it with Kay. And we actually quite, we both enjoyed it, you know, which is uh, saying something for her. But um, yeah, it's kind of, it's got a bit of everything, hasn't it? It's got a bit of like, you know, science fiction, yeah. bit of, um, a bit of horror horror a bit, yeah. a bit of comedy yeah you know because there's some funny things that kind of happen oh, yeah, and yeah. you're never quite sure what is going on and yeah very good though very good mm. i thought i'm surprised it hasn't been remade actually it's one of those films that you'd expect it to yeah I mean, cause... one of those foreign language ones where they go yeah. well people can't be asked to read subtitles so we'll do it in english language yeah you know like um do you pronounce it R-E-C or REC? You know, that's a Spanish yeah. Oh, yeah, horror film. Oh, it's a cracking film, but that got remade into a, mm-hmm. you know, a American film, didn't it? So, yeah. Oh, awesome. Glad you liked that one. Yeah, loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, the last one before I pass it over to you, mate, is one that I rewatched. It was one of the first films that I got on Laserdisc back in sort of the mid-90s. Oh. Uh, hadn't watched it since. Um, hadn't owned it on DVD picked it up from CEX on Blu-ray for like two quid or something stupid because I wanted to rewatch it. I hadn't watched it in like, oh God, 15 years minimum since I watched it. And it's Waterworld, Kevin Costner. Oh. Which gets slated by a lot of people, to be honest. And I think unfairly, because I always really enjoyed it and I'm re-watching it again, I think it's a really good romp. Let's put it that way. It's like yeah. it's it's like Mad Max the Road Warrior, but on water. On water instead of on, you know, in the desert. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw this at the cinema when it came out. And, oh, did I, you? I didn't. I didn't see it at the cinema for some reason. Yeah, and and I really liked it then. And uh, like you said, I'm not sure. Let's just look at uh, go back to Kevin Costner. If people have watched it like years ago and thought it was shit, I I really would say go back and rewatch it. 
Because I mean, even though it's a long film as well, it's like two and a quarter hours. Yeah. Um, Dennis Hopper's um, quite good fun in it, isn't <laughs> He's he? Bonkers in it, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I quite liked it. I mean, uh, there's there's quite a, a lot of practical effects in there as well, you know. Yeah. And I think it, it, they don't, they say, don't they? You know, if you, you kind of like you don't make films on on water because of the unpredictability. Yeah, and I yeah. think obviously, Jaws because, been an example, isn't it? Yeah, and the, and the cost of uh, you know. Uh, things happening and I think this became quite notorious because of the um, amount of money it cost to yeah, make yeah. but it wasn't a flop despite what people think I don't because I, I know this because I went to a, um, a film quiz once and uh, I think the, the question was were, were they flops or not and I'm Waterworld was on there and Waterworld wasn't a flop financially it made money um, you know it may not have made loads of money but it certainly made its budget back i'm not i'm 99 certain of that in fact but um yeah i mean it it's a weird time in kevin costner's career i think wasn't it you know i, I, I do like kevin costner i think he's a very good actor he did make money. i'm just looking now on box office mojo according to this the production budget was oh my god it's huge for the time it's it was like made 175 two, million it's close to 200 i'm sure it was yeah yeah, yeah. and it made 264 million so it did make money yeah it didn't make it's loads but it did not make loads money. no no and i think it was just the spiraling budget and there was all this sort of like the um the fallings out because it was uh, you know uh, allegedly kevin costner took over yeah. uh editing and and creative it was differences <laughs> kevin reynolds who directed it was cr- yeah. credited as the, the director but uh you know there's sort of like rumors that he got locked out of the editing suite and costner took over and everything else so but I do like it, you know, and I quite like his character. Like you said, he's very much like a Mad Max, you know. He's yeah. sort of like more action than words. Uh, in fact, the only sort of CG that I can think of, of it is the bit where they swim underwater and he shows the, the sort of like yeah, what there's, happened. Yeah, there's a bit um, where the boat sets on fire as well, which is a little bit dodgy, to be honest. Is it? Yeah, oh, okay. and, and all the flames on the water. That's, that's the only bit that stood out, but it does. It looks, on Blu-ray, it looked stunning. It sounded yeah. really good, and it was, yeah, I loved every minute of it. I quite like the little relationship that goes on between him and the little girl as well, you know. And, yeah. It's um, a nice little touchy moment that uh, sort of like, you know, because there's the whole sort of story about it is they're looking for dry land, aren't they? And yeah. uh, he doesn't believe it exists, you know, and he's, what's he, has he actually got a name? I can't remember in it now. Is he, he's just called Mar- Mar- he's, Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like the man with no name, isn't he, really? Nobody refers that's to him, yeah. He's an outcast because yeah. he's... Uh, part fish shall we say uh yeah, you know a, yeah he breathes he's got gills hasn't he on his neck yeah and webbed feet <laughs> oh god yeah yes yeah <laughs> um and uh you know so um yeah and he, he kind of he, he reluctantly takes on board uh this woman janine Triplehorn, and this little girl and uh the little girl's got this tattoo on her back which is supposedly the sort of like the map to dry land hmm. um and then and then the the smokers are after them because they want to get to dry land um and then you know it's it's cool and there's a nice little standoff at the end where is it the exxon valdez they're on um it is yeah yeah the tanker yeah and and yeah i, I do like Waterworld. you know i've never been one that said it's oh it's shit i actually do like it so yeah mm. so that was good i really enjoyed that 
Awesome. Yeah, mm. nice little mixture of films there, isn't it? Yeah, so there you go. I'll hand it over to you then. then well, bringing it right up to date. Ooh, um, I went for a rare cinema trip and um, I went with Wayne um, and we watched It. Ooh, okay, now I'm interested to hear about this, mate. Yeah. So um, did you watch the miniseries with Tim Curry? Of course, uh, yeah, yeah. Played Pennywise. It's yeah. been years since I've watched that. Me and too, he's got yeah. he's got it on Blu-ray. And my memories of it are that, because it, it's a two-parter, um, as a lot of the sort of Stephen King adaptations are, because there was The Stand, he did a version of The Shining, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. Um, you know, sort of like these TV miniseries, shall we say. And my memory of it is the first part of it is very good when they're kids and the second part of it when they're adults not so much mm. but there's sort of like you know that and it's a bit slow and a bit clunky in places um i have to say i've never read the book um my friend at work has and he read the book prior to watching the film which i'll, I'll come on to in a little bit so i can't say i've got any major you know kind of link or connection to the book or love for it shall we say so i'm not going to get pissed off uh with any changes that might have been made the main difference between this and the book and the miniseries is that this is now set in um the mid 80s so uh like setting around the town there's like um uh at the cinema there's advertisements for nightmare on elm street part five and uh, they've got like uh, one of the characters has got like a Gremlins poster up. I think there's a Beetlejuice poster which I, I saw. You know, so it's littered with like 80s kind of links, which I I have to say I absolutely loved. Um, I'll skip to the end. I I loved it. I thought it was absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Um, the story is uh, is a bunch of kids and they're all being terrorised by this clown character who uh, is played by Bill Skarsgård who is the son of um, oh fuck what's his name oh god I should have told, done this before I actually started talking <laughs> shouldn't I um, the guy who was in Mamma Mia and he's in Stellan Skarsgård there you go yeah. and he's also he's the brother of Alexander yeah. Skarsgård, who's uh, people will know from True Blood and Tarzan and other things. So you know, a family of actors. Yeah. You know, I do like Stellan Skarsgård is a great actor, but I've never seen Bill in anything. Um, so he plays Pennywise, and um, so again, there may be a bone of contention about sort of like, you know, uh, is he better than Tim Curry's portrayal? I can't remember if I'm perfectly honest. I have gone back and I've watched uh, some YouTube clips of Tim Curry's uh, performances and uh, it, it's it's very good, but there's obvious, obviously uh, limitations of effects and things like that, yeah, you know, and sort of budget. like budget. So there's bits in obviously this now which is kind of like cg but it doesn't feel like an overly cg movie um that so that you say the story is a group of kids they're all being terrorized by um it the clown and uh you know it reminded me so much of movies like uh, a nightmare on elm street you know is it a dream is it real because they're just going through the daily business you know doing things and then all of a sudden it's almost like reality just kind of like just stops is it real is it not and the, and they, they're haunted by images and things that are happening and you know being terrorized and scared because obviously it's it feeds on fear you know um the town uh, the kids going missing, people are going missing, and from what I understand, my, my, my friend at work, you know, is is basically the town that they live in. Um, 
because it is a part of the town, nothing will ever prosper, you know, and, it, and, and bad things happen. Um, reminded me of Stand By Me, um, the Goonies even. Do you know what I mean? It kind of just, mm-hmm. the kids were absolutely brilliant in it. I loved the performances. They were all really good, really engaging, really sort of like funny when they needed to be. Um, girl who plays Bev uh, was brilliant uh you know she was uh, absolutely fantastic as were all the kids you know i don't know if did you watch stranger things on oh netflix God, yeah of course yeah loved it just, just like you know like stranger things you know what i mean it just even one of the actors who uh, is in stranger things uh he's in this you know and um the, I suppose the, one of the big questions is, is it scary? Because a lot of people have sort of like said on Twitter, it's a very good film, but it's not scary. I think even Mark Hermode said he could have done with a few more scares. I don't know what the fucking hell they were watching because it made us jump <laughs> a lot. And and that's not to say that it relies heavily on jump scares because it, it, it really doesn't. Um, uh, you know, but it, it kind of, it's very effective uh, at how it works and what it does. Um, it was, it was absolutely brilliant I, a really really good uh, cinema um outing and uh I th- although having spoken to my friend at work who like i said he read the book he kind of rushed to read the book because he, he wanted to get it done before he watched the film and he was really excited to watch the film and he went with a, a group of about 20 other people and they all loved it they all said it was brilliant and he says he absolutely hated it and i said well if you've come off of just reading the book hmm. And you really love the book. And they have made quite a lot of changes from what he said yeah. in terms of characters and set the setting itself, you know, and other things that have gone on. Well, you, you're not going to be happy. And, and he accepts that, I think. You know, and I think he's disappointed that he didn't like the film more than he wanted to. Um, but, yeah, very creepy. Um, made us laugh. Made us, uh, you know, kind of scared and it set it up nicely for the second part now, which is going to be the bit where it's set 30 years down the line and they're all adults. And, um, you know, obviously then going back to battle it. Um, but this, I think that the person who did the, the screenplay, now I'm going to have a go at Slaughter and his name, um, <laughs> Carrie Fukunga. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You've got to say it like that. You you've got say, to, there's uh, no other way to say it. You've got to accentuate the Fukunga! <laughs> um, and then finish with Hoi! Yeah, he uh, he was involved with True Detective. And, I mean, I loved the first series of True Detective. So, you know, uh, you can kind of see where that's come from. In terms of the director, I'm just looking at it now. I, I don't think I've seen anything else that they've done. But, oh, uh, he did Mama... Um, yeah, so, I, I haven't seen that. Is that any good? It's all right from what I can remember. Yeah, yeah. So, um, no, very, very, very enjoyable, and it's done well at the box office, which I'm really pleased about. Uh, I think, in fact, I think it's it set some records, you know, in terms of its. Uh, That's it the opening weekend, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. Con- continuing to do well. So um, I'm chuffed. Very, very good. Very creepy. Uh, very enjoyable. Um, you know, and and I loved the uh, camaraderie and the you know the sort of like performances from the kids. That was one of the highlights. Uh, and it was really well directed and made. You know, so great. And the eighties setting. I'm a sucker for anything eighties. Do you know what I mean? So, oh yeah. Very mm, good. Yeah, I have to get to the, uh, the cinema and watch this. I think before it finishes. 
yeah. it's one to watch on the big screen yeah definitely oh and that was the other thing talking about big screens uh oh and a fucking rant which oh my god i can't remember because i told you about this didn't i i sent you a little whatsapp <laughs> message oh my god i was seething at the time but no we watched this in imax so i mean i don't do 3d anymore pretty much do they it's it's dead IMAX but is uh, the way yeah imax um and i think that accentuated the actual feeling of of fear and terror mm. because the sound oh, and it's incredible isn't it that, that you know it was just unreal uh you know and there's there's bits in it which just made you sit on the edge of your seat uh the sound was just cranking up you know it's so good um but yes my little rant and i have to say this now uh, if if you are one of these people that sits in the cinema and you pay 15 or 16 pound to go and watch an IMAX showing of a film for the best possible quality in terms of picture and mm-hmm. sound mm-hmm. and enjoyment. And you sit there when there are moments of quiet or character developments or things or any point in the film, regardless of what's going on, and you sit there and you look at your phone for a prolonged period of time, you're an absolute fucking cunt, to yes. be quite honest with you. Yeah. Um, there is no need for anybody to get their phone out in the cinema you know, uh, it just, I, I, I know I've kind of thought in my head, well, what if there's an emergency or what if, you know, you, because I've got two kids, you know, mm. what if there's a babysitter, if there's a problem, you know, okay, I suppose it's it's very rare that something like that's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Put it on but vibrate the, in your pocket and, you know, if, if there's a call, turn yeah. all notifications off, leave it on vibrate just for a phone call. And then, you know, you know, if your wife, husband, whatever needs to get in touch with you in an emergency, phone you up, it'll vibrate in your pocket. If you don't feel it vibrate... Don't touch your fucking phone. Exactly. But this dickhead next to my mates was sat there and every now and then, when, like I said, uh, where there wasn't something scary going on or it was a little bit quiet, he just pulled his phone out and he was looking at WhatsApp or Twitter. I'm like, oh, what the fuck, what the God, fuck are you doing? Are you serious? You know, you absolute arsehole. Because not only, I mean, I find it distracting. You know, because if if I'm sat next to somebody and they've got a, a light shining, you know, mm-hmm. in the dark, you're immediately, you know, you're yeah, drawn to it, aren't even you? Even if the brightness is on the lowest it can be, you're in a really dark room. It's going to show up. But why you've paid £16? I don't know, it's £16 isn't, uh, you know, a great deal of money, but so what? You've paid £16 to go and sit and watch a film, you know. On a huge it, screen. Well, the um, it, it doesn't happen very often, but it, it has happened to me. You've probably got some horrible cinema experiences. Oh, God, why, yes. why, why do people go to the cinema to have a fucking chat? You know, <gasps> oh, and it's yeah. like we watched uh, again. We watched a film. I think it was a Keith Sutherland. It was uh, Mirrors. It was a bit of a shit film, but still. But these two fucking people were incessantly talking behind us, and I turned around at one point and said, "Do you mind?" Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like. I'm the dickhead for telling them to be quiet. <laughs> Fuck you, you yeah. wankers. You paid you your money to listen to the and watch and listen to the film, not listen to them. You know what I mean? And, and it's just, oh, so, there were kids. Uh, we watched, went, like, it's, it's funny how you remember these things. Uh, we, we watched the first Thor movie and there were these kids talking. I was like, what are you doing? And, oh, so. <sighs> It's just irritating, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Oh, I hate it, mate. People that get the phones out, people that are talking. It's just like, shut the fuck up. If you're expecting like, oh, I need to check my messages because something might happen. Well, don't go to the cinema then. Wait, watch the next show in when whatever message you're waiting for might have happened. Don't go. 
What makes you think that you are everybody else. the most important person in the fucking world that makes you think that people are going to miss you for two hours? Oh. Oh, fuck off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, it winds me up. Me too. That, 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 I don't mind eating so much. I mean, that's, that, that's you know, people have got a big problem with that. I know Mark Kermode, you know, it's like all yeah. quite... Well, cinemas, cinemas sell, like, the most noisiest Noisy. snacks going, don't yeah. they? Anything that rustles in a packet or nachos that are crunching or popcorn and all of this. Yeah. Instead of, again, with with Mark Kermode, they should sell, you know, like... Um, just a soft roll. A soft roll, yeah. Something nice <laughs> nice and tasty and quiet. <laughs> I, li- I mean, I like popcorn. I do, if I do go to the cinema, I occasionally buy popcorn. But... Again, and this is what I, if I go with Kay, and I've, I've, I don't tell her off because that makes me sound like a twat. But I'll give her the you look. slap her. You slap her around the face. <laughs> yeah, give her give her a ramming. If uh, <laughs> no, it's like if she's there and she's like rattling the bag to get like a piece of popcorn, a full mm. fucking bag of popcorn that's at the bottom, and I'll look at her and I'm like, Are you just can you not do that, please? The look. And, or <laughs> if it's noisy. Then grab a piece because like when you, you know, do it, yeah, yeah, yeah. You do it when it, it, it it's like there's a good time to do it, yeah. You know, or, or the, the beginning when there's trailers, or if there's, uh, you know, the adverts when nothing is happening, yeah. But not when there's like nothing happening; it's quiet, no. you know. And it, ugh, I wish me. I wish cinemas, all cinemas worldwide, would have sort of this foam block on it when you you can't use your 4G or anything. And then, you know, just go to the cinema when you know you've got two hours when you cannot be contacted. Because that's what you're going for. You're going to go in that environment and you want to immerse yourself into the film. If you want to check your phone, stay at home. Yeah. You know, anyway. So, aside from that, it was absolutely fantastic. Good. That's good to hear. Yeah, yeah, the last three that I've got, mate. um, This one, I don't know if I liked it or not. I need to rewatch it. Um, the Hitman's Bodyguard. Oh, Samuel L. Jackson, Ron Reynolds. That's is that the one? Now, yeah. regular listeners will know my my attitude toward watching trailers. The only time I watch a trailer is if I know I am definitely not going to the cinema to watch it, or I definitely know that I don't want to watch it. If I know 100% I want to watch a film, I'm not going to watch the trailer. So it's like the new Star Wars one that's going to come out. I'm I'm not going to watch a thing. I'm not going to watch a frame to do with it because I want to be in that cinema, and it's all new to me. It was like the one... So I watched the trailer from the the previous Star Wars, not Rogue One, the one before it, Force Awakens. Yes. Um, So after I came out of the cinema, then I watched the trailer just to see. So I went into it. I didn't know the Millennium Falcon was in it. If you watched the trailer, you knew it was in it. Yeah. And it spoiled, you know, even little moments like that, it would spoil it for you if you if you watch the trailer. If you know you're going to watch it, I there is no argument on earth that will convince me that if you know 100% you're going to you want to watch a movie, why you should watch the trailer. It's just impatience. Yeah, I have to um it's funny you mention that actually. I have to uh d- d- give a little apology to uh, Sean Akin on on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um because um, with the same coin, uh, it was it wasn't it was at the very end. Like so, it was sort of like after we'd said goodbye, and I think there was music, and then I stuck it in. And I probably looking back, I probably shouldn't have done it, but I think it was just down to excitement. Where I actually put I, I um, put the audio version of the trailer for Star Wars at the end. Oh, probably shouldn't have done that. So no, I do apologise, and I think I've upset him since then. So sorry, Sean. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, well, I probably won't do anything like that ever again. I'm very sorry. 
I'm on less your than, side, Sean. I will I will smack him the next time I see him. Less on than your behalf. It. Sorry. <laughs> so this was one. Um I didn't know. I thought, well, should I watch it? Should I not? It looks I, I want to see the trailer just to inform me of what it's like, you know. Mm. It's not one of those that I know one hundred percent I want to watch. So watch the trailer and it's one of those if you've seen the trailer, you've seen it all really. You've seen all the best bits. The rest of it is just yeah, it's all right. Um, yeah. It plays out like Rain, Ryan Reynolds is is like one of the top bodyguards in the world. Uh, what it begins that one of the people that he's protecting gets shot. He doesn't know who shoots him. It ends up he has to protect um, Hitman, played by Sam Jackson. It's like, in a way, I likened it to the Gauntlet with Clint Eastwood and Sandra Locke. Oh, yeah. When Clint Eastwood's the cop and he's got to protect Sandra Locke and he's got to get her, she plays like, you know, a hooker at the time, and he's got to get her to the courtroom to testify. And it's like that Ryan Reynolds is, is has got to get um, Sam Jackson to the courtroom to testify in time. This friction between the two characters, like there is in the Gauntlet, um, they, but they play up on sort of stereotypes of what these actors have created in the past. So, of course, Sam Jackson says, like, motherfucker, like, you know, take a drink every time he says that. <laughs> um, action scenes in it are all... Yeah, this, there is some pretty good action scenes in it. It's it's um, directed by Patrick Hughes, who directed, unfortunately, The Expendables 3, which is the worst of the three. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to um, say, I was surprised you didn't boycott it because of that. I know, because but he did do Red Hill, and I do like Red Hill. So, yeah. you know, well, just Expendables 3 should have been an 18, that was all. <laughs> so, um, But yeah, I think I do need to revisit it. I didn't dislike it. I didn't like it. It was all you know yeah it's 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 okay and to do a cliched quote put your brain into neutral and just enjoy the action going on in front of you it could have yeah. been so much better though that's i think the frustrating part of it yeah it's it's very much by the numbers um and i've already sort of quoted the gauntlet i think of the two go and watch the gauntlet instead mm. it's, a better it's weird because I listened to uh, Last Save Loaded recently, and uh, Justin was talking about that film. Oh, I yeah. Because um, ITV4 seemed to be having a bit of a Clint Eastwood fest at the moment. Whoa, because can't go wrong with that. Oh, not at all. I mean, because I, I watched, uh, um, oh, not Magnum Force, the one with uh, Tyne Daly in it. The Enforcer. The Enforcer, mm-hmm. yeah. I do love that film, and I will yeah. watch it whenever it's on. Um, but, yeah, I think they must be doing a bit of a Clint Eastwood um, thing, like because you know, the gauntlets and all that. I must admit, I've only ever seen bits of the gauntlet. Oh, watch it, uh, mate, yeah. It's really, yeah. it's really good. Yeah. yeah, cool. So, yeah, that's one. I wouldn't really recommend it, but, yeah. I will watch it again, I think, just to try and make my own mind up about it. Uh, I did watch Death Note, the new one that's on Netflix. Ooh, I've heard very mixed. bad things about this. Well, I've, I've read mixed things. I have, just to put it into context a little bit, the animated series, I have seen 11 episodes of it, so I do know sort of the story um, of it. I do need to finish that off. <clears throat> I also bought the two Asian live-action movies of it as well from CEX a few days mm-hmm. ago that I haven't seen yet, so I'm going to report back on the when I finish the animated series and those two Asian ones. I'll, I'll have a chat about those as well. Mm. So what's this Netflix one? Knowing, of course, you know, I knew the, the majority of the story um, going into it. Not a huge, you know, dedicated fan of it, and I think a lot of people that are into it, into the manga of it, 
did get a little bit pissy with the way that Netflix depicted the characters and the story and so on. Um, it, it tells the story for people that don't know. There's a high school student um, called Light Turner, bit of a weird name. Ooh. This notebook falls from the, the, the sky, which is the um, the death note of the title. Um, and to put it, the shortest way you can put it, death note, if you know the person's name, there's loads of rules to do with it, but basically if you know the person's name and you know what they look like, you can then you write their name in the death note and you can say um how when um they die so you could put i don't know whoever you wanted to so and so dies at this time on this day by this method but you need uh. to know their name and their face so you couldn't just write a random name okay um if you knew somebody's face but you didn't know the name, you couldn't do that. You need to know those two details. But there's a load of other rules that sort of have come in with it. So Light gets this book, and of course he uses it. He thinks, well, I can just get rid of all the main criminals in the world, and I'll, you know, stay anonymous, and I and the world will be a better place. But because he's got this power in his hand, and it's like, well, I can kill these and so on, it just slowly escalates, and he's going to kill these, and it's going to kill them. Um and then this um, mysterious character called L comes in, is brought in by the police to try and solve all these murders, because, of course, the police catch on that all these criminals are dying everywhere, and it's like, things are not quite what they seem. So then Light starts getting hunted by the police, and this character called L, um, and he's on the run, and all the time that he's on the run, he's getting ever more, I'm going to kill this person, I'm going to kill that person, and when do you stop? Now, I thought, because I'm not that invested within the whole world of Death Note that's built up before, I really enjoyed it. You know what I mean? It's just like, I'm not... Say, with the, the, there's going to be this Rambo remake, isn't there? So, of course, you know, me and Rambo. Oh, but, is there? Yeah, Who's yeah. doing that? Oh, yeah, it's... Oh, God. <sighs> Off the top of my head, I can't remember. It's the foreign version of it. But the way that they're doing it, they're sort of redoing it, but reimagining the character of Rambo. So I'm pretty good with that. I don't really mind it. But I know that if you're... I know when Dawn of the Dead remake was announced, I was, like, so against it. I was, yeah. But then I watched it, and it's a really good film. I've yeah, got to admit, I'll hold my hand up. It's really, really good. I think Zack Snyder's best film, in fact. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, the, the, that opening sequence is fucking amazing. Mm, yeah. Um... But with this, I could imagine, you know, really big fans of Death Note getting pissy because the way that it's been handled and the changes that they've made, they've not been happy with it. But for me, who's just like a casual fan, who's just sort of getting into it, it was it was fine. And I really enjoyed it. And because you've got, I think the animated series, I said I was on episode 11, I think the rough guess is like 20 episodes or something. You've got to condense that into like an hour 40 You've yeah. got to ch you've got to chop bits out. You know you've yeah. got to be realistic. You can't have everything in it. So I thought the way that they put it together worked really worked really really well. And even if you've got like no knowledge of it, you can dip into it and just enjoy it. Because it, I mean the the basics of the story is. I mean, what would you do if you could, you know you'll get this death note drops from the sky? Who would oh. you write in it? You know oh, what I mean? You'd, you'd be first on the list. Oh, oh, thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> How would no, I die I... then? Oh, yeah, Dave dies by what? How... Wanking himself to death. <laughs> Gagging on his own cock. Halfway through recording next month's entertainment show. <laughs> Just so we've got it. Farting himself to death. <laughs> yes, he so gasses himself. Prolapses. Yeah, or he <laughs> yeah. gasses himself. 
It's what it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard of this, like I said, because of mainly sort of like people slagging it off. But uh, to go linking back to our last um, entertainment show, it's directed by Adam Wingard, who directed yes, Blair Witch. Of course, yeah, yeah. Amongst others. Um, so, okay. Oh, yeah. well, it is on Netflix. I will. Uh, it is, yeah. It's one I have. To, I must admit, I've dismissed because of the. I've got no connection to the anime at all. So, um, but it's also... one of those, mate. I bet because you've watched Final Destination, haven't you? Yes. There's a, there's quite a few bits in it that you go, hmm, this is like Final Destination, and I love Final Destination. I do movies. like those films. Yeah, yeah. So if you like them, there's another sort of inroad to go. Oh, yeah, this is pretty good. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, do, I do. It's weird actually because um, they were a big thing. That was a surprise hit, wasn't it? Back in sort of like early two thousand. Oh god, yeah. But then there's been loads of them, hasn't there? And I do quite enjoy them, as preposterous as they are. So I've talking about anime movies and uh, you know, kind of like r- real life action movies and stuff. I've got Ghost in the Shell to watch with. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we watched the face, yeah. uh, arse and tits. That's uh, <laughs> what's her name? Arse and tits. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me. Yeah, the, the the sister of Arse and Wenger. It's Arse and tits. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Scarlett Johansson. That's, uh... <laughs> uh, so I'm quite looking forward to watching that. In um, I've heard it's again. It's I was talking to somebody. Uh, you're a gamer, and who said that uh, it's a shit film, but it's an enjoyable film. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's one of them. And I, I, I genuinely don't give a fuck about all this stuff they've been talking about with the whitewashing and. No, what... again, it's with the same with Death Note. I think it's it's fans that are, you know. And fair enough, you know, if you're a big fan of of whatever franchise it is, and you know you've been reading the graphic novels and you watch whatever's gone before, and there's this remake and it's different to what you used to. Um, fair enough, I get that, I really do. But for you know, I think this is aimed at more of the casual viewer like us that's n- not into that um, particular franchise. And the same with Ghost in the Shell. I watched you know the original manga version of it, and it was you know it was good. But I did enjoy the, the live action one, and I didn't get pissy about going, mm, well, you know, whitewashing, blah blah blah. Didn't yeah. bother me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. Uh, just changing the subject slightly. Have you seen the? Because um, we mentioned Stranger Things earlier on. Uh, the, the pictures of Hellboy that have come out. Yes, I have. Uh, with, yeah, with the guy that's the police officer in the cop, Stranger Things. Uh, yeah. Who's in? Oh, I can't remember his name. Tina's going to kill me because he was in. Um, he was tweeting but, her. <laughs> Broke back mountain. David, is it? Oh, uh, see, you should have a, a memorable name like Arson Tits. Arson Tits. So. You would never forget him if he was called Arson Tits. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I'm gonna put it. Go on, IMDb. This is professional again. Stranger. Uh, see if you find it first. I've put it in Brokeback Mountain. So we'll, have you? We'll, oh, okay. Let's see. Uh, it's, yeah, it's I think race. you'll find it first because it's not David me. Harbour. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> oh, buddy, in the fucking cast? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yes. Um, I mean, it. it's because initially I thought, that's Ron, Ron Perlman. Is he wearing a, he's got to be wearing a, like a muscle suit or something. No, cause... it's him pumped up, isn't it? No way. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah, could be. He's a big oh. guy anyway, though, isn't he? He's a, you know, no, he he's, is a he, big guy. He looks like a big dude, but... Um, I'd be surprised if that's him because, I mean, I know actors can, uh, you know, change their physical shape and all that kind of stuff. But 
Yeah, he's he's a big dude in that, isn't he? Because he's quite schlubby in uh, Stranger Things, isn't he? Yeah. So I think, yeah, he must have hit the gym. Wow. Mm -hmm. Apply to him? Yeah. Um, I did think while watching Death Note, I've got to say, uh, one thing that did cross my mind is because the French um, have a saying called, uh, I think it's La Petite Morte, which is the little death, which, which they use to describe an orgasm. Yes, yes. So I thought, wouldn't it be good if you had the little death note where if you you knew the person's name and face, you could write in like when and where they would spontaneously have an orgasm. (laughs) Wouldn't that be much better? Oh, yeah. Because I thought, yeah, first in, Theresa May in the middle of Prime Minister's question time. Oh, God. She spontaneously orgasms. Oh, fucking hell. Imagine that. <laughs> if she was a squirter and just, like, drenched the front bench. Oh, God. <laughs> fucking hell. That's giving me nightmares, those. You know, there's those we, these weird programmes on Channel 5 and stuff like that. And there is a there was one about, like, uh, a woman who just can't stop having orgasms. And she, she doesn't do anything <laughs> sexual. She just literally has an orgasm. I think it's a real thing. Yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure it is. I'm sure, you know, uh, I've got a problem up. At the yeah, checkout people... at the supermarket. But you'd think that, you know, like, oh, it'll be pleasurable and fun, but um, it's apparently quite, you know, quite a bad thing, you know, I guess. Well, I mean, you imagine it, I suppose. If it was you, you'd you'd be sort of like, you know, you'd have to be changing your pants all the time. Yeah, or... if you're having one, you know, every hour on the hour. Yeah. Mm. Mind you, I kind of do. Well, so I you do, do anyway. anyway. <laughs> when, I, when, when I'm on my own. Yeah, know, at the weekends. There's no, there's yeah. nobody in the house. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you go on those long walks, isn't it, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. Five times a day. Yeah. I think I don't know if that's my record. But... <laughs> <laughs> um final one. Uh and this is one I I don't often talk about films that we've put reviews on on the website because obviously the review is on the the website and you can go and read it. This is one um Tina's written the review for it. We've um there's a bit of an embargo on it actually. We we can't put it onto the website until uh next month in October. We watched it a couple of months ago. Um, so, because Tina wrote the review, and it will be on the website in next week, end of next week, beginning of the week after. Um, I, I just wanted to give my view of it because I'll just tease this before I give the title. Not only is it a strong contender for my film of the year, Oof. it is also, I think, going into my all time top 10. Wow. How about that? I don't think Holy I've ever shit. said that. Can you it, tell us what it is or is it embargoed? Or? No, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to, I will talk about it. It's just, oh, okay. Um, okay. I'm not going to put the review. So that'd be the ultimate fucking cocktail. Yeah, it? that'll be it then. Yeah. Just get you to the point and then and I'll squeeze my balls and stop me from. Yes. Just yeah. tighten that cock ring on you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I absolutely fucking love this. I can't wait to watch it again. It's a Swedish film. Uh, clocks in at just under two hours, and it's a man called Ove. Okay. It is so good. Um, it's about this old guy. Well, say old, he's 59. <clears throat> who's who's your, your sort of typical 
grumpy old git who lives in sort of this, this gated community in Sweden. You can uh, relate to him then. I of guess. course I can. Of course I can. <laughs> That's why I fucking love this movie. It's, it's me. <laughs> um, he's recently lost his wife. Um, he's grieving over. He loved her so much. He's still got all of her clothes in the, in the house. Um, and the way that the story is structured is brilliant because it keeps flashing back to when uh, it begins when he was a kid with his dad. I'm getting goosebumps talking about it, mate, which is like a sure sign of how really, really good it is. Um, and he's with, he's, he's with his dad. And again, I don't want to give too much away. Something happens, right, when he's a kid and with his dad. So then between these flashbacks, it goes back to him, you know, aged 59 and the stuff that happens. And I think there's, oh, I think it's an, an Iranian woman, if I remember rightly, moves into this community with a husband. Um, and he doesn't, he doesn't take to them. He, he just finds every opportunity to piss and moan about everything. Um, and then going back to the flashbacks when he was, you know, this, this young guy and he meets his wife, who you know, obviously is, is now dead. Um the way that the stuff that happens in the story, I guarantee, mate, when you watch it, you will laugh. You will fucking laugh like mad. You will chuckle at little bits. You will cry when you watch it as well. I can guarantee yeah. that too. You will find bits of it like heartwarming. You will find bits of it that wind you up and get you annoyed. You go through, I think this takes you through like every emotion that, you, that you've got as you're watching it. Um... I was I was like glued to the screen for the two hours of it. It it is so I can't praise this film enough. Ah. Yeah, it's it's one of them, and I'm pretty sure it will go into my all time top ten. I really can't wait to watch it again. Um, I'm not going to say any more. Like I said, Tina's review of it will go up online uh, at the beginning of October. Also, as well, um, and and I'll I'll give this as a as, as a bit of a premiere. Thanks to Thunderbird releasing, um, we will have a version of it on Blu-ray to give away on our Twitter account in October. Fantastic. Wow. Yeah. Our Twitter account, which I should say as well, actually, I think for the past month now, without fail, every day there's been a competition running. We've given away so many DVDs and Blu-rays. And I'm just looking now at the current competition we've got running. Uh, we just give away the Richard prior collection on dvd thanks to fabulous films we gave away sergeant bilko and mo better blues um i just put up again thanks to fabulous films it's the killer bees it's called it's a nine disc collection i think it goes for 58 pound on amazon we've got that's two copies of it we're giving away that's amazing on wow. twitter and all you've got to do is retweet it i will again tease for a future twitter competition we've got upcoming um, we have got a big box set we're going to be giving away, which is 27 discs. How what? about that? What's that? How? You, can't, you, can't, you can't tell, can you? No, I can't tell. I'll tell you when we finish recording, mate. Tell me later. Yeah, I'll tell you later. We'll, Jeez, we'll let, we'll that's let. amazing. We've got, yeah, um, we have got so much stuff we're giving away on our Twitter account. So, and again, all you've got to do is just make sure you're following us and just retweet it, and that's it. Spunking out prizes. So yeah, this will be given away as a prize in October, and believe me, you will you will want to win it because it, it is absolutely fucking incredible, mate. It's it's one of those movies that, <laughs> at the want of, uh, of sounding a bit double entendre again, touched me in places that not many films do. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Highly <laughs> recommended, mate. My 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 recommendation of this episode by a long long way. 
Fantastic, mate. Mm. So hopefully yeah. my enthusiasm for that will uh, get people buying it and watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Mm. Well, we're not done yet, are we? We're not done. We're not... We're... No, no. We've, we've, we've. It's about time we double dipped, isn't it? Oh, I've been looking forward to this for ages. All oh, right. Well, we'll take a short break. We'll let the listeners have a listen to something that I will insert into their ears oh uh, uh, we both will from both sides left and right ear get prepare yourselves they'll be gagging on it oh yes <laughs> and then we'll come we'll come back with uh, oh you'll come that come come back with this with this episode's double dip oh, oh. oh. maybe that's what you call it double dip double dip there you go we've done it double dip we've finally got the name <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right, so uh, yeah, sit back and relax. We promise not to hurt you. Much. Sit back and enjoy the ride. 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 Enjoy the ride. Sit back and 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 enjoy the ride. 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 And enjoy the 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 Right, we're back and ready to double dip, aren't we? Oh, yeah. It's it's great, isn't it? It's like champagne, isn't it? You know, it was invented by accident, and 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 double dip is now our name it, for the feature. It. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. For those that don't know, I mean, it only started last episode, anyway. Yeah. Um, but for those that don't know, um, this new feature that we've got is both myself and Chris. Once we finish recording um, over the next week or so, it's usually like couple of weeks before we record the next entertainment show and we'll message each other um a few things that we think to watch now the, the main rule is really i think that we've got set is has to be on amazon or netflix really doesn't it because that we've both yeah. got access to those also it has to be something that neither of us have watched before so mm-hmm. we, you know we'll usually send each other say three three things okay pick one from these three i haven't seen these three have you and we'll and we'll take it from there. So, during the last month, what I picked is a documentary that I'd never seen before, um, made in 2011 and called Closer to the Edge, which is all about the TT races in the Isle of Man. Now, I don't know if you know about this, Chris. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay this one on to you. Uh, one of the good reasons um, about this, and really interesting why me and Tina wanted to watch it is because Tina's cousin is in it. Really? Really. No way. Yeah. So partway through, right, I'll, I'll, I'd better, before we get to that, I'd better explain what it's all about. Um, 
Guy Martin, who is, is carving a really good career for himself in, in the UK television here. Um, it, it was made before he was he was famous, really, wasn't it, over here and the programmes that he made? I'll be, I'll be honest with you, I'd, I'd never heard of him. Um, Have you not seen the programmes that he's made since? On the, on, no, no, Oh, no. my God, mate, you've got to look those up because he, he is absolutely... He's a character. He's, he's he? Yeah, he's gold. He's gold it, in front of the camera. Um, <laughs> it's fair to say. I mean, I'd never heard of him. Um, TT, Isle of Man race, yes, I've heard of. And... Uh, a guy who's he's in he's in his eighties now. It was a big motorbike um, sort of like uh, guy, and I used to go drinking with him and my dad on a, a Sunday. Mm. And you know he he I don't know if he ever did the TT, but I'm sure he uh, visited and he was always into it that kind of thing. So he just talked about it, and uh, so I kind of like have a passing interest uh, in, in you know in in those terms. Uh, I've heard of Joey Dunlop. Um, yeah, and I know that it's notoriously dangerous, oh, but dude, that's yeah. literally my knowledge uh, oh, okay. of the, the Isle of Man TT. Uh, but no, I, and then I looked on Wikipedia after I'd watched the documentary, and because uh, you know, I, I mean, like you said, Guy Martin's a fucking—he's a character, isn't he? Mm. He's 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 like described as a bit of a maverick. Um, I didn't know. Because uh, he's kind of introduced as a as like his, a, a mechanic almost at Lower first. Mechanic, you know, yeah, yeah. He's working on his, his his dad's got a company, you know, and uh, he's working on a lorry. And you think, oh, he's he's you know, he's a mechanic. But then he actually discover he's a he's a rider, um, and it kind of follows him and others, but kind of mainly him, I'd say, um, around, you know, and and. Uh, it, and pits, you know, and and see where they go in this this TT. There's another other riders, obviously, you know, Michael Dunlop, who is related to Joey. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah I, but I've never seen him anything else. What what's he do? What's what else is he in? Oh, I'm just, I will have to use the uh, the joys of IMDb just to look and see. He's done quite a few um, TV series. Um, I'm just looking now. Guy Martin's Industrial Wonders. Um, the boat that Guy built, uh, how Britain worked, Guy Martin Spitfire. Well, that's a good documentary. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, he's he's done quite a bit. Speed with Guy Martin as well. That's really good. He's got uh, amazing sideies, and he has got like... the best sideies because his <laughs> his fan club. You see them like on the side of the the track at, in the Isle of Man, don't you? And they've got these massive stick on sideies. <laughs> yeah, on. he's got amazing hair. Oh yeah. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, I mean, I, that's a term I used to use in school is like sideies. Uh, it's like the, do you say sideburns or sideboard? Sideburns. 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 Yeah. He's sort of like, you know, yeah. So, but no, he's got, so he's a bit like Wolverine, you know, he's yeah, sort of like mutton chops. Hair. He has mutton yeah, chops. Yeah. He's got, so, but he's, he's just a funny guy, isn't he? You know, and what, one of the things that came out for me in terms of this documentary, I mean, I'd heard of it because I'd watched a commode and cut when he talked about it. Cause I, I, I often when we've uh picked something to watch i'll then go and look at what mark kermode kind of like had to say about it at the time and he did a specific like specific doc um you know he's he does his other thing you know called uh commode uncut yeah which uh and he did one for this uh talking about it and he you know he absolutely loved it and i've got to say from the start that i absolutely fucking loved it as well um i thought it was it's just looking at these these riders and you know the people 
what they do and the way it was filmed. I mean, I, the the only other documentary I suppose I can compare it to in terms of like about motor racing was Senna. Uh, do you, yeah. Have you seen that? Book? Oh God, yeah, that's great. And the way that the sort of like the camera almost like makes you feel like you're there, you know, with the bikes and the cars and everything else. Those fucking um, bikes with the sidecar, are unreal. I just I cannot understand why anybody would would put themselves in one of them i've got a good friend of mine who um who did that until quite recently um chris who moved to canada and who now lives in taiwan and he was the one who was on the sidecar hanging over the side and he used to send me videos and pictures of him doing it and and some of them he's like he is literally like half an inch from the tarmac as you're doing like over 100 miles an hour flying around this corner and you're thinking jesus christ it's, there's no uh, way i'd do that and it and it does raise an interesting kind of question now because like i mean looking at this uh i looked on wikipedia uh to see uh, between 1907 and 2017 there's been 255 mm. uh, fatalities there's, there's been so many calls mate to ban it um because of that you know of all the fatalities but I don't think they question, should. Isn't it? Yeah, well, that's the thing. You know, you can. You, are we going to get to the state where you know you sanitize everything? Where you know you ban this, you ban boxing, which people have wanted in the past, and you know there's there's it, everything's just all wrapped up in this big ball of cotton wool. That's not the way to go. You know, it really isn't. And this proves it that, you know, the story, well, the stories of the people that are involved in this and yeah. the adrenaline rush that they get oh, is just like, you know, you just, you, you get a little snippet of it from the stories that they tell and the footage that they show. I mean, I was lucky enough, I went to the Isle of Man TT races in 82 and 83. Really? Yeah, I went for a week both times. And yeah. It is like I would love to go again. I've got to be honest. It was like an incredible experience because um, the whole island is just like just full of bikers and like rock music and everything. And you go and watch the races. And but it is yeah, it is so so dangerous. And this this documentary, the focus of it is on Guy Martin. Um, <laughs> one of the best things. There's a couple of things um, that spring to mind from watching this the other night because of course he goes on about um barry sheen and i remember yes. watching barry sheen i used to go and watch um barry sheen race at alton park quite a lot and um he I had just... a toy bike with barry had... sheen toy bike yeah yeah i had when barry I was sheen's kid. t-shirt with the number seven <laughs> on and all it was like a replica of his uh leathers wow. but guy martin describes barry sheen as um a la- a lager shandy drinking southern pufter <laughs> because he would do he would do um you know all the races but he wouldn't do the road racing he would do circuit yeah. racing but not the road racing and then do you remember the bit where like you know gang martin goes he goes to the isle of man and he says oh yeah he's in his he's in he likes to sleep in his van so he goes in his van you know it's just like you know a pickup truck with his bikes in it and he'll sleep in there like in a sleeping bag um, and he's not really into shagging and all of this because he loves no. it. He loves his bikes and fiddling around with mechanics and that. And he just just likes having a good wank before he goes to sleep in the back of his <laughs> van. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. But it, it's that's the thing, isn't it? It's the, the the question as to whether or not you know it, people obviously die and yeah. uh, you know doing this thing. And should it, you know, people who've, who are consent, consenting adults who go into this thing, you know, knowing they that know they, the risks, don't they? They, they could, know the risks. But, 
even the riders that crash uh you know or have serious accidents and live to tell the tale luckily they all said never ch- i wouldn't change it no and there seemed to be this this thing um where it's almost like the the rush and the thrill is worth the risk yeah. you know because there's nothing like it on earth and the there's even a bit where uh you know there's a widow talking about her husband who yeah, died yeah. and even she seemed to be at peace with it do you know what i mean i mean you'd, you'd imagine that you'd be quite bitter towards it because you yeah, know it's yeah. it, it killed her husband and left her widowed with, with two two kids, two kids. and yet she seemed to accept and be at peace with it because it's it's what her husband not not that he wanted to die but you know he accepted the risk yeah and like you know in people who said that they've um they've they've crashed and they, they wouldn't change a thing they'd still do it there's some unreal footage in oh, this oh my god yeah um but of, of one crash um in particular and then you know the guy is lucky enough to sort of live the t- to tell the tale um, and it is unreal, you know, the way that this guy crashes. There's a, there's a crash which is kind of like shot in. It's not filmed because I don't know if there, were, there was uh, a camera, but there's certainly like stills of it as yeah. it happens. You know, an explosive ball of flame, and you know, you're just thinking, fucking hell. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I it could... was like that one happened. Uh, I think 170 miles an hour, and then yeah. where the where the crash happened. And then Guy Martin finishes a quarter of a mile further down the track. Yeah. And you're thinking, holy shit, there's this ball of flame that he appears through, the bike's in pieces, and he's a quarter of a mile down the road. It's unbelievable. It's the- but but he says, doesn't he? He said, I think he says, if I remember rightly, he's had four four times in his life where you're on the bike and you're thinking... Whoop! Okay, this is it. This my time's over now. You know, I'm I'm gonna die. Yeah. But then you know somehow you manage to pull it back. But he says they are the moments that give you the biggest rush. Yeah. And afterwards, you think you're so pumped with adrenaline that that's what they sort of they don't actively look for because you know obviously they don't want to get to the you know near death experience or oh, might die now. But when it happens that's the rush that they get and it's that's what they sort of keeps them going in a way this almost i'm immortal i got to the point of almost dying and i've survived and i've done it more than once and that's what they're always chasing it's like it's weird but you can relate to it in a way yeah the skill and concentration that these riders must have at that speed you know and at that sort of split second it's literally split second isn't it unreal i thought it was there's a bit where there was a rider who um he couldn't ride any longer because he had a serious accident but he's still involved you know and he's yeah. still involved with him and i thought because he, he goes around the track in his car and i thought that was absolutely brilliant yeah. the way he it was almost like he was still on his bike you know and he was describing everything that he that was going through his mind as he's doing you know what you know he's describing it out loud what he's doing at that point in time shifting gears breaking turning into the corner you know and you could tell so that he missed it so much but yeah. you know 
um i know i'd heard that it was a very very good documentary um based on reading sort of reviews at the time and like i said watching that sort of kermode uncut um so i was kind of i was and i did actually start watching it uh years ago because i'd got when i first got my 3d tv because mm-hmm. it is called called tt3d isn't it, it is isn't it yeah yeah um closer to the edge so i think it was sort of like you know around that time when 3d was was becoming a thing it was pioneered as a as a bit of a a 3d film you know um and you can kind of tell how they've like shoehorned a lot of the 3d into it because of the uh you know there's there's things that pop out the screen and stuff yeah. like you know dialogue writing and, and whatever um so i did start watching it years ago because i rented it off love film but i didn't get very far into it because I, I think you know when you you sort of have a new toy and you're looking at sort of like you know 3d <laughs> films yeah. and stuff like that you just it's like you and it's a, it's a similar thing with a graphics card you know you sort of like you don't watch something or you don't play something you end up just sort of like inevitably just putting it on for 10 minutes and then turning it off so i hadn't actually watched this at all i'd never got to the point where you introduced guy martin i think yeah. i literally got past the credits um so i, I can't say I, I haven't watched it before but I, I thought it was fantastic it was just yeah it, an amazing insight into would you call them brave would you i mean that that's the thing i mean that they obviously you know i don't know they're fearless aren't they, they fearless, fearless. Yeah, yeah yeah that's that's a good way of describing them absolutely fearless you know put their lives and bodies on the line and um but that like you said that sense of camaraderie and you know it was it was incredible i just kind of mind blown really oh it was um i mean a couple of things it, it as luck would have it, you know, when I, I sent it to you and I said, well, I've not seen this. Have you seen it? And you said no. So I said, well, oh, <coughs> this will be my pick. And we knew it was on It was on Netflix. No, Netflix, Amazon? Uh, Amazon Prime. Amazon. It's on Amazon Prime. Literally two days later, um, we went into town and I saw it in CX on Blu-ray, the 3D Blu-ray, for £2. <laughs> so nice. I picked it up. I sent you a picture, didn't I? And so I picked it up. But when we watched it, we didn't watch, I don't know why, we didn't watch the 3D Blu-ray. We watched the 2D um, version of it. Um, so I will re-watch it in 3D. And there's so many extras on it as well, which unfortunately I haven't got time to watch before we recorded this. But I will watch them. Um, also, going back to Tina's cousin, do you remember the bit, and it's a guy called Paul Owen, um, they went to him and he talked about he was in the race and the guy that was in front of him that was one of his best mates crashed. Mm. Now, Paul could have carried on. He could have won the race, but he stopped um, because it was his best mate and, you know, he'd crashed and he stopped all the racers because he said he would have hated, you know, his mate would have hated to be run over by a bike or, you know, or anybody else. Yeah. And he got really emotional about it. Yeah. Um, that's that's Tina's cousin. Wow. Um, who, as well... Um, I I've directed in a film. He was he was in he was in my um final year uh film that I made when I did my film making degree as well. Oh, and I did fantastic. it all I did it all about his uh, motorbike racing as well. He's a really nice yeah. guy. So yeah, that was quite interesting to see him on the screen as well. Yeah, but it and it's weird to th- again like going back to Joey Dunlop because I mean he he's the he wanted- Oh, his story. Now that you know I I don't know if you thought this might but I thought Joey Dunlop's story is is screaming for a documentary oh, of, of yeah. what he did in the TT races, what yeah. happened to him, 
you know, his legacy afterwards, you know, his, his family and all of this, that's that's another thing that's just screaming for a big documentary. Maybe there is one that I haven't seen. You know, if there is, please tweet us and let us know. But again, it's like, I said, be, like yeah. I said earlier, isn't it? You know, it, it's one of those cases where you get a documentary and there's stuff that happens in it that if it was in a fictional film, you wouldn't believe. And which yeah. is why I, I really love documentaries because they tell stories that are just so out there but are so real you know, you know it's yeah. you know the stuff that happens in this and because you see you know you, you see the suffering you see you see the elation um and again something happens that I won't mention which was history making they were so lucky that when they made this documentary, a certain thing happened during the TT races that had never happened before. Yeah. And you go, and then the person that makes said history bit, something happens to him like a couple of weeks later and you're going, fuck me. That's like, oh my God. He's gone from like such a high to such a low of this happening. Again, you just wouldn't believe it if, if it was put in like, you know, a fiction film. No, and they all ride um, cycles as well, don't they? Like, like you know, push they're bikes. All on bikes. Yeah, they're all on yeah. push bikes. It's, it's like that's their life, isn't it? You yeah. know, two wheels. It's, it's just two wheels, and um, but yeah, and because he, he sounds a little bit like Ashley did off Coronation Street, doesn't he? Sort of like got a bit of a childlike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and, and it that didn't seem. I mean, even though Guy Martin's a bit of a, like I said, he seemed a bit of a maverick and, uh, you he know. He gets pissed off, doesn't he, a few times, isn't it? He does get pissed off, but there didn't seem to be any, like, real egos, or at least no, there was not no. shown. They, it, they, he loves what he does. Yeah. You know, yeah. none of the riders are sort of like, you know, you get Formula One, you know, and some of them hate each other and some yeah. of them, you know, get pissed off with one another or whatever. There didn't seem to be any of that. And with people like, you know, people like commenting on about, guy martin was just saying oh just got that's what he does you know what i mean it's like he, he he'll get pissed off go off sit in his van on his own for a bit and have a one that, that's yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know but uh no it was great i i loved it so yeah it's really yeah. really good and again i think it's one of those isn't it you don't even need to have any you don't need to be a big motorcycle fan to enjoy it nah. it's another human story isn't it but if you are, oh, you'll fucking love it. Oh, my God, even, yeah. Even more. Yeah, you know what I mean? Definitely. So, yeah. yeah. Great, great documentary. Yeah, definitely. really good. <laughs> so that was my choice. So then <laughs> you sent me um, a list of three. I hadn't seen any of them, so you put it into Randomizer. Yes. And what did you come up with? Oh, God. Um, right, and, okay. And, and why did you put it on your list? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear so i was like kind of flicking through um netflix to see what was available. i think what did i send you there was uh edge of 17 which mm -hmm. i've heard some decent things about never mm -hmm. seen uh, a bit of a teeny drama yeah. and uh the reboot of fantastic four yeah uh, that that's recently that. appeared yeah. on netflix and a documentary Ooh. called rock rocco yes now um and so it, it did literally randomly i didn't search this out i have to say but i did it did appear on um netflix as i was looking through you know kind of trending now or but yeah i've got the, got the app and and it's there you know um and the picture is of a guy standing there and he's kind of he's naked except you know and he's got his gentles covered up you know so you can't see his cock hmm. and i thought oh 
I recognise him? <laughs> um, I wonder and, why. And so I, uh, I thought, oh, okay, I'll, I'll just see if Dave's um, seen this, and you know, knowing that you like documentaries, yes, and, of course. And as it turned out, you hadn't. No. So I did, you know, typed into in the internet randomizer, and it picked this one. <laughs> of all the things it could have picked and so this is a documentary behind the scenes account uh, of porn star Rocco Sifredi um, and I, I will confess you know I have seen some of his stuff mm-hmm. prior to watching this documentary so there was a little part of me that thought oh this could be good for a giggle yes. uh, you know because it's it's got it's porn related and oh, we, we have had a bit of a laugh and a joke about it prior to talking about it you know what i mean um i i openly admit i watch porn uh, occasionally i i'm not i don't feel that i'm a porn addict as such um <laughs> but it's so readily fucking available it's unreal oh, you compared know compared to when you were like growing up jesus christ it's like you know and you think to yourself what the length that well, we've said this before haven't we you know the lengths that you go to 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 get your hands on a bit of porn and i mean fucking hell what it was like when you were a kid i mean i can only imagine oh there was old like cranking machines on the on the seafront pier that you you know you'd put a shilling into <laughs> sixpence into and turn the handle yeah and it'd be I've black and white and a, and a woman if you were lucky would show her ankles <laughs> believe it or not i've watched um like you know you get to these like on holiday and there's i can't remember where it was now but there was like these old kind of like penny arcade things and there were actually some of those machines where you you know it's like the old style <laughs> black and white kind of thing and it's so funny to watch them you know uh and it like it in um when we went to paris we went to the um oh the red light district what do you call oh, it the Moulin Rouge, yeah, and there's like this museum of sex, and there's yeah. things like that in there, you know, and it's kind of it's funny and everything else. But so yeah, I mean, like you know, like I said, I'll I'll occasionally um, I, to a point where I'm I'm I know certain porn stars. I say no, I I I know the names of certain porn stars. Yeah. I have my favourites. Well, this is the thing because I thought because for me when the name Rocco Cifredi comes up, yeah, I know him. I would know from the name. I would know from what he looks like. Um, but when you compare like female porn stars to male porn stars, there is definitely less male porn stars that spring to mind, isn't there? Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. You know, you, you could reel off like loads of female ones, but I would say, cause I thought about this when I was watching the documentary I thought, so I know him. And obviously, you know, if you're going like old school is, you know, John Holmes, who you just know oh, probably God, yeah. through, you might not have seen his, you know, the films that he did, but you know, his name. So I was, I was trying to think, right, what other male porn stars do I know that spring to mind? So there was, like, Peter North. Yes. Yeah, so he was the one that just, you know, was well known for, you know, ejaculating like a volcano. Yes. Um, there was the guy that appears in this as um, Buttman. Oh, which yeah, is John, John Stagliano. Stagliano. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, when we were watching this, he appears. Because, of course, he's much older now from when he was, you know, doing porn. So he appears. So I, I said to Tina, because we watched it together, I said, oh, look, isn't that Buttman? And she looked at me with a look of disgust and said, <laughs> how would I know? <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Who else is there? Uh, oh, God, the guy looks like Super Mario. Um, big dude. Uh, oh, um, Ron Jeremy. Ron Jeremy. Yeah, yeah. the hairy yeah. hedgehog. Um, That's right. Yeah. yeah. How he fucks so many women, he's, oh, I cannot God. get my head around. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but it is true. I there's, mean, not like, many, I there's not many male ones that spring to mind, is there? So Rocco I, is, you know, is one of those. He's, he's definitely, and I have to say, I, whenever I, I put the, the search in, I do not search for male porn stars before anybody asks it's a in question. It's bookmarks, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but um, old Rocco, he's a busy boy, uh, or he has yeah. been in his career, because uh, looking at Wikipedia, he's made more, or starred in more, than 1,300 um, pornographic films. Oh, my God. That's a lot of fucking... Uh, it's fair to say, and uh, I think his style, and again, from what I understand, is he's known for his rough stuff, isn't he? Generally, yeah. So because Tina didn't know him, <clears throat> she said to me, "Do you know him?" So I said, "Yeah, you know." <laughs> See this film. So I said, "He's known mostly for being rough, um, sticking his fingers down women's throats." So, yeah. you watch Rocco. Within two minutes, he's sticking his fingers down a woman's throat. <laughs> so, yeah. I, there you go. Yeah, that's what he's known for. Yeah. Well, oh. And and I don't get that at all. I have to say, I, I, no, it's it, like because I said it again. He's like he he sticks his fingers down the throats. He spits into the mouth. He's slapping them around the face. He's he's not. It's not just like spanking them and all. He is physically abusive to them he's, he's choking them you yeah, know he, treating, he, treating them badly yeah, yeah he gets yeah. he really does get off on being dominant and and causing pain really it's oh yeah he's got um and he, he, he describes it himself as a uh, a devil between his legs pretty it's, much it's, and you see that devil between his legs in the first second of the film it, it starts off with a close-up of his cock I yeah. As soon as I started watching this, I kind of started to think, "Oh fucking hell! Why couldn't the randomizer pick something else?" <laughs> um, and, and it's one of those, isn't it? That kind of like, I think. I mean, you told me a few, um, a few episodes ago about a documentary because we were talking about that one with the, and it's funny, you know, the sort of like the whorehouse in um, Sheffield. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, the TV series, yeah, and and that's kind of funny, you know. That is funny, yeah. But then you told me about a documentary. I can't remember what the name of it was, but it's and it's all about porn, and it kind of like it would make it would put you off it basically, yeah, you know. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because like you know you you watch some and because you only see a small portion of like the events, you know, that the, the people yeah, having sex. You see the edit, the edited version of what happens, don't you? You know, yeah, you, so you, you get you to don't... see the titillating bit so you don't see any of the other bits you don't see what happens before or after the the people involved you know the how they may that the women may well be exploited and all that kind of stuff so it's a very small thing that you see uh, no pun intended um it's not not a small thing you see when you see rocco's cock that's, that's for sure no. uh <laughs> but it, it's it, and it's sort of so there's that amount of titillation there and you can forget about it, don't you? You know, it's it's yeah. to use a sexual analogy for wanking. You know, it's kind of like, you know, you you throw the tissue away and it's done and it's gone <laughs> until the next time. Now, watching this, and I don't know if it was its, its intention, but 
uh, it because I, one thing I would say about it is that it feels it didn't feel particularly like a documentary. There was documentary documentary elements to it, but yeah. it felt more cinematic. Yeah. Like it actually felt more like a film. Like the, the the conversations that they were having didn't feel like I don't know. It, it, it like do you know what I'm trying to say? It just didn't feel particularly naturally yeah, like like it was set up really. It yeah, was it, yeah, pre-planned. And so that kind of so in in some ways I'll give it its due that yes like I suppose the cinematic nature of it but in a lot of ways it kind of did feel like a bit of an arty Italian film where yeah, there was always yeah, kind yeah. of like you know this kind of like chanting music or you know kind of like religious music and you know and and kind of him staring into the camera or staring yeah. into the abyss crying or you know and talking about shit really you know and and trying to make it sound seem more sort of like um important than it actually was yeah. you know because it goes to it, it he tells the story doesn't he of when like you know he had his first wank and he was like wasn't he like eight or nine or something ridiculous. And his mom caught him yeah and he looked and he felt somebody watching him and then he looked and he saw his mum watching him and she sort of smiled and nodded and he he took that as yes you're a man now keep going yes. Yeah, which is weird because I have to say that in all my years as an adolescent, sort of like growing up, and I did a fair amount of wanking. Um, <laughs> if you saw your mum catching you doing that, you wouldn't carry on, would you? No, no. <laughs> and I, and she never caught me. You know what I mean? So what the fuck? Where the fuck was he having a wank? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He it's was just... he was obviously not a good stealth wanker, was he? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's just like, where were you doing it? You <laughs> did in the garden. It's <laughs> in the front garden, just cracking so, one off. Yeah, you know. Um, so that's a that was a bit weird. Um, and then not as got... weird. What was, what was the story? Because I WhatsApped you about oh. it, and I got confused that it was with his mum, and about whoever was in hospital and the in the mouth story. See, I I thought that his mum had died, and or it was you know she was very ill. I, I, I kind of I must admit whether I tuned out or I didn't quite get it, but something had happened. His mum was quite old, and yeah. um, anyway, uh, a woman who he'd never met before, who was his mum's age, so we're talking probably late sixties, early seventies at 70s. that point. Seventies, yeah, seventies, yeah. definitely, yeah. And uh, I, I, in again, hospital, in hospital. And it was all around, like I said, around his mom. So it was a visitor, you know, wishing well, you know, all that, the other about his mom. And uh, what does old Rocco do? Uh, he grabs her and stuffs his cock down her throat. And he got hard on and stuffed it into her mouth. And he came within three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is some good going, to be fair. Um, you know, but, and then that was it. He, he, Never talked to her, and he ran off, and they never saw each other again. And you're thinking, fucking hell. Um, but I mean, he's got two kids. You know, they're kind yeah. of like, they were te teenagers, I think, Teen, in, yeah. in, in the film. And he's got a wife who, from what I've read, used to be in porn herself, but yeah. she kind of comes across as a a very sort of demure and you know yeah. kind of. She does a yoga and all this, that, and the other, and she doesn't. She kind of doesn't see when he's off fucking other women that it's a problem because it's not love; it's just sex and everything else. But 
but again that's touched on it's not really sort of you know but then the film goes through different scenes of it's kind of like there's three main scenes i suppose where uh he's shagging some women with another load of other blokes and that it kind of you see this one girl who um and i will describe her as a girl she's not you know she's a woman but she's she doesn't seem to fully understand or comprehend or she doesn't take seriously what's going no, on she's very innocent as far as you know like the porn world goes definitely and she's getting fucking drilled quite badly by yeah. these people do you know what i mean and abused not against say abused she's consenting to it but again it's is is she really or is it all I have to say, I kind of felt a little bit sick watching this, and I, I didn't enjoy watching it. It didn't give me any insight, particularly at all, uh, or it it just made me feel a bit meh, a bit horrible watching it because it kind of, like I said, you have that somewhat sort of like you know, ten to twenty minute whatever bit of titillation usually, yeah. and Giggling that's it. It's going, oh, it's about porn, and but then. Yeah. With this, it seemed to. I mean, again, you look into the this woman's eyes, you know, and she's just yeah. sitting around waiting, and it just felt. I felt a bit fucking horrible oh, watching it. Definitely, mate. Some of the expressions on her face, because the camera just keeps going just that little bit longer than maybe it should have done. Yeah. When a scene finishes, and you look at her face, and you can see, she doesn't want to be there. No. She doesn't no. like what she's doing. She's shitting herself at what's in front of her. Yeah. And it, you just feel sorry for her. You're going, oh, fuck. Yeah. Just get out of there. Don't do it. Just get the fuck out of there. Uh, and then there's bits where he goes to America and he, he shags these two American girls. And again, it's like, you know, there's a bit where he sticks his fingers down this girl's throat. It's probably half his age. And it, well, probably even more than that. And she's gagging on it. And, you know, and tears are rolling down her face. Yeah. And you're thinking, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> This is horrible, yeah. and but you know, and I mean, again, whether it was intended or not, because his cousins in it, um, what's his cousin's name? Uh, it begins with G. Oh fuck! Um, basically, his cousin's a failed porn star because he couldn't get it up. Gabrielle, Gabrielle. yeah, that's Gabrielle. it, Gabrielle. And he kind of films a lot of the scenes and dresses the the, the you know the the actresses, and he he gets into all that shit, doesn't he? And he you know he comes up with all these kind of like weird and wacky um, scenarios and all this kind of bollocks, which you know Rocco kind of doesn't seem to go along with but does you know and he's kind of like all the comedy relief to a certain extent because he yeah. fucks up some scenes and he does all this that and the other and then there's this kind of like meeting between him and this this woman uh kelly stafford who's a british woman who i've never heard of no, um, and that's kind of like you know the final scene and again it's like you don't see penetration but you you know, you see enough. They're obviously, you know, it's kind of like done where it's a bit blurred or is in the background and there's people shagging and doing different things. And like, you don't see the cum shot, but you see the women with fucking cum all over their faces. Yeah. And, all. and again, it's like, again, but again, it's like, instead of it just cutting there, you see the kind of aftermath where all the, the blokes are all laughing and joking and the women are in the showers and they're but all a see, bit beat. One of the women has like got these huge like lesions all over her back. Yes. And then there's another one who's like buttocks are just like 
It's like... Raw, aren't they? Yeah, as though she'd starred in, like, Closer to the Edge and been in the TT races and not worn leathers and come off a bike at 170 miles an hour. And, like, all the skins come off her arse. And you're thinking, what the fuck has happened to, yeah. you know, to do that to her? It's, yeah, it... I, I, I mean, again, I'm sort of, like, looking at, uh, you know... Um, this one it won an award like this year uh, apparently that that documentary did it won some some award for some bollocks and that the Hollywood Reporter did a review of it and, and they said it was um, what did they describe it as uh, da, 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 directed by French duo uh, it is frequently fascinating beautifully beautifully crafted work that tries to paint a nuanced picture of the man himself um, and to the to an extent, the industry in which he worked. I didn't get any of that, I have no, to say. I mean, it boils down to, it tells the story of, I mean, it doesn't even really go that much. He sort of, in a roundabout way, tells how he got into porn, but it doesn't give loads of background to it. No. And it just, it just sort of says, well, you know, now he's in his early 50s, he's got two teenage sons he wants to get out of the business so he makes this final porn film um and it shows the making of that which is like weird as fuck as well yeah but the whole... that where he's on the, he's on the crucifix he's on the crucifix he's carrying it into the room and then it's sort of like role reversal because through his whole career like we've said he's the dominant one who's you know sticking his fingers down women's throats and doing this that and the other Whereas now he's the one that's being dominated. That's how he wanted to, you know, close the circle of his career. But, oh, I don't know, it, 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 it misses out loads. But the main thing for me with it, it's like, it's so seedy. Yes. Both me and Tina watched it. And even during watching it, we were looking at each other. And like you, you know, we thought when you pick it, oh, this will be fun, this will be, you know titillating and a bit of a laugh you know we'll have fun we can take the piss out of it loads when you know when we record tonight but we were watching it and looking at each other going oh my god this is just like it's dark it's dirty it's seedy and then it finishes and you, and you really we felt we really felt physically dirty and you yeah think, you need to go like i need to get into a shower with like you know some sort of brillo pad and industrial strength bleach and just scrub my entire body after watching it it's oh no it's it's horrible and you and and again you're watching you're thinking i shouldn't really be watching this no, it's you know no. and, and you know for something you think oh porn you know loads of people have seen porn you think oh this is fun and you know you get off on it but this this takes the look at it that you think this is horrible this is a business that nobody should be in it doesn't promote it whatsoever it doesn't promote rocco um no, no it's just you, you just come out of it clammy after watching it you really do yeah i, I felt kind of grossed out by it if i'm honest with you it just it wasn't good and like you said just dark and horrible and yeah. seedy and just and this I, is I us just, we're not mary whitehouse you know what i, I mean know, if, if it was a I podcast know. that was you know more politically correct than we are and saying this you go oh, okay but you know people that listen to us for a while know our views and the way we you know take the piss out of stuff and we're saying oh no yeah. it's a, it's a bit grim have which seen, i think says a lot uh, no have you seen a, a serbian film yes 
have you see i based on what i've heard of it i don't think i will ever watch that film um but i have to watch and this kind of, with me i have to this kind of made me feel yeah. like watching something a bit similar yeah do you know what i mean no no i know exactly what you mean yeah um you know and i know that because uh, that's got sim- not say similar themes it's about a, a, a retired porn star being forced to do horrible shit mm. isn't it and you know there's there really is some horrible fucking shit in the oh, film yeah, from some awful stuff, yeah. um but i don't think i'd ever watch it you know but this kind of made me feel like yeah <laughs> it's not it's not what you think it's going to be whatsoever really isn't so a thumbs down on that one for me I'm yeah afraid. me too yeah Two, um, two documentaries in our double dip. One absolutely amazing. Yeah. One that we thought was going to be good, but ooh, no. It was a bit cack. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. But uh, anyway, well, um, we we don't decide now because we don't know yet, but uh, uh, for the next show, we'll we'll both come up with either a TV f- uh, film or documentary yeah, or something, whatever. like you said, you know. And it's good if we, you know, we're choosing between Amazon and Netflix. That's, you know, the way that most people, you know, can have access to watch it. So if you want to watch it, you know, once we've talked about it, please do send us. If you've watched Rocco uh, and or Closer to the Edge, um, email us, tweet us, Facebook message us, let us know what you thought and uh, we'll read it out on the next show. It'll be good. So... Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, like you said, we don't know what we're going to pick. We'll sort that out, and we always keep it a secret, don't we? Until we yes. record. So didn't um so well what uh, somebody didn't you get a couple of replies about TT close to the edge on Twitter? Oh, I don't. I'm, pu- oh. I'm putting you on on the spot now. You are I'm sure now. we did. You are sorry, uh, Cyball. I'm sure it was because uh, he. Uh, follows the same coin as well, and I'm yeah. sure that he mentioned something about uh, TT. Make it out with this actually. Oh, you should, Dave. We get so many Twitter things now because of all because of the constant Twitter competitions. <laughs> Our Twitter is on fire constantly. It so is, I, consider, yeah. especially considering you don't tweet as often as. Um... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I've got yeah, there's there's new job stuff that it, I can't talk of work about. And stuff. Yeah, but oh, there um... we go. I, I found it uh, whilst we, I was filling for time. <laughs> if, you <laughs> can, uh, if you couldn't tell, uh, Stuart Cullen um, at Fury AC3 uh, said, "Close to the Edge is an amazing watch. Um, is well worth watching." As oh, Road is well worth watching. I don't know if that's got uh, something to do with um, Joey Dunlop because oh, okay. the it's from 2014. And the, the picture of is of a guy, uh, and it's got Dunlop on the back of his his leathers. So uh, yes, he's saying that that is well worth watching if you haven't seen it. Called Road, uh, and then oh, Steve clicked on it now on IMDb. Yeah. Oh, I've not seen that. Yeah. No, oh, cool. Uh, Stephen Bull at Cyball27 on Twitter said, uh, Close to the Edge is amazing. My first introduction to Guy Martin. Can't wait for your reviews. Rocco, never heard of it. Yeah, <laughs> probably avoid that one if I. Yeah, don't yeah. watch that one. No, unless you're into seedy shit. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Oh well, there we are. Mm. Mm. Who knows another... what we're going to pick next time? No, another bumper show. Bloody hell, it is. Yeah. Well, we do go a few weeks, you know, without recording. People are record, you know, complain about long podcasts. Well, oh, why don't you stick to an hour and this, you know, two and a half hours more. But if we don't do a show for a couple of weeks, that's, you know, an hour and a quarter show a week. Listen to an hour 15, leave it a week, listen to the rest of it, and then that's it. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Stop moaning as well. Yeah. Life's too short. 
It is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right then, so to close off, um, you can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 60 Minutes With. Uh, we are on Twitter and Instagram at 60 Minutes With. There is the website that we talked about earlier that has got like loads of reviews and the podcasts, of course, which is 60minuteswith.co.uk. There is a contact us form on there where you can email us or you can email us direct at contact at 60minuteswith.co.uk. And of course, mm. your Twitter is at Dastardly Jabby. Mm-hmm. And once again, I've got to say, if you want to win something, follow us on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Get ready. I'm going to tell you when we finish recording, mate, about this 27-disc set Oof. that we're going to give away soon. Fuck. Oh. And oh. as well as I can enter, can I? It depends what you want to enter, really. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's funny now, isn't it? Because we finished talking about yeah, that fucking yeah. document. We don't, we don't have to link it to Rocco anymore. We can, ju- we can just oh. be silly and, and stupid and have, you know, immature double entendres now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm, I'm off to go and bash the wife about Is oh, that what, it? Did I, what did i say no what was it um ram not ram no um oh god oh. we can have people no. screaming at us into their mp3 players now i'm gonna, I'm gonna go bung bung up a roll anyway bung up a, stick some cheese up there <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> she'll love that I oh, bet she will. yeah you walk into the bedroom with a bit of baby bell Oh, she always loves my cheese. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> and on that, I think that's a good time to finish. So, thank you for listening. And for me, it's goodbye. Bye.